Welcome to the Kent Lab Podcast, featuring long-form conversations offering wisdom, hope, and community. Now here's your host, Kent Lab. Hello, friends. Uh, this is Kent, and welcome to another episode of the Kent Lab Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you my conversation with Michael Major. Dr. Michael Major brings the message of true natural health to his practice, where he teaches his patients and the community to live to their optimal potential, free of medications and surgeries. He and his wife, Dr. Cassie, are the founders of Major Family Chiropractic, a max living health center, where hundreds of families have come to find true health, newfound hope, and ways to maximize their lives to the fullest potential. At Major Family Chiropractic, they teach proper spinal alignment, nutrition, lifestyle, and detoxification in order to help families achieve maximum health from within. Dr. Michael was from Southeast Michigan, where he enlisted in the United States Marine Corps for seven years. He had the opportunity to serve throughout the United States, Iraq, and Africa. After the Marine Corps, Dr. Michael attended Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa, and then trained with some of the top wellness physicians in the nation in Naples and Orlando, Florida. Dr. Michael was on a mission to save and change lives in Nashville, Tennessee through the message of true health and healing. When Dr. Michael is not helping others get well, he is spending time with his wife, Dr. Cassie, cooking, exercising, and playing with their two dogs. Matter of fact, as I'm recording this introduction, I was actually at their practice this morning, and I don't know quite how to describe it. I've never seen anything like it. I walk in, open the door, and there's a reception desk in front of me and kind of a small waiting area to the left. And over to the right is this open area, and there's people standing against the wall with their head kind of in a sling. There's people kind of pacing around the reception area. It looks like they're getting warmed up from something. They have some bands on. Um, and then, of course, there's people over to the right getting adjusted, as you would normally expect. Um, the, the whole thing was, uh, I'd never seen anything quite like it. So we get into it in the podcast. I think what I was seeing was people warming up uh, before an adjustment and then also sort of decompressing or, or the way they use weights to make sure that everything kind of sticks the way it should after the adjustment. So uh, we talk about that and uh, quite a lot more on the podcast. Uh, if you are following along with the podcast, uh, you might be interested in checking out our YouTube channel as well. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter simply at Kent Lap. And on YouTube, uh, just search the Kent Lap podcast and uh, you'll find not only full length episodes, but also a bunch of clips that you may be interested in. If you're in front of your TV at the evening looking for some interesting or wholesome entertainment. Also, the email for the show is the Kent Lap podcast at gmail.com. If you want to drop us a line there, that'd be fantastic. And without any further ado, I give you my conversation with Michael Major. Please enjoy. Dr. Michael Major, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to have you. I'm excited. I've heard a lot of good things about you from my brother. <laughs> That's how we the connection was made. Yeah. You've been adjusting him for and the family for some time, I believe. Yeah, quite a bit. First of all, you have a tattoo all across the front of your chest. I saw it on your Instagram picture. Yeah. <laughs> Can we see that on the podcast right now, please? <laughs> uh, like, is that how the far? Yeah, yeah. How far up you got to go? So it's up here. What do you have here? Soon enough. Soon enough. Soon enough. There's wings. Wings, cage, heart, lock. Uh, where's the lock? Oh, okay. yeah. Nice. The reason I... That's nice, actually. Really nice. When did you get that? Oh, man. Uh, so we were... <clears throat> So after graduation of uh, chiropractic school, my wife was a year ahead of me. 
Mm. And so she went to Ohio and worked for a doc until I finished school. And then we both went to uh, Naples, Florida. Okay. And we trained under some doctors there to really teach us how to run a business. Because in school, you learn none of that. Really? You learn anatomy, physiology, how to adjust the spine, how to find a subluxation, how to figure out how to fix it, and then that's it. So oh, they're not learn, teaching you the business side no, of chiropractic care? I mean, we have business classes, but they're pointless. Interesting. Like, you don't learn enough to, yep. to go out and start a practice. Yep. So we went to Naples, and we were there for a few months, and her and I, we just weren't, like, it wasn't clicking for us. Okay. And You're saying you're married or no? Yeah, we're married. Okay. You're, and I'm sorry, the relationship wasn't clicking or just no, being down like there? being like like figuring out how do we how do we start this practice thing? How do we do gotcha. all of this stuff? And gotcha. We're like, you know what? Let's just go get a freaking tattoo. Okay. So we went, we found this shop. Um, I had talked to the guys er- earlier about like trying to set up like a talk at their, their business because we do that kind of stuff. Okay. And the guy was kind of like, nah, we're good, whatever. I'm like, yeah. yeah, but can I get a tattoo? And he's like, sure. When do you want to do it? So I talked to her and we're like, let's go. So we go, um, and I, I got this done and, uh, she got some, um, poppies on her shoulder. Oh, okay. And, uh, so it was just like this thing of, uh, I've got a, my history is, I got a lot going on in my past and oh, okay. it was like, I wanted to break open the cage. Mm. So there's a heart in the middle of the cage mm-hmm. um, and there's a rose in there just because I think flowers, they show change, right? Yes. Yeah. The blooming of a flower. So um, that was the point where like really I started to open up my heart. Oh, wow. Because I was really closed off. Um, I would never, I didn't, I wasn't a good communicator with people. I wouldn't talk to people. Mm. Um, I just kind of held everything in and mm-hmm. I'd get really angry and, and, you know, explode and all that stuff. So finally it was like, something's got to change. Oh, so I was wow. like, let's open the cage. Um, wow. So I described it to the dude and he was like, I got it. We'll put it all That's together. That's really cool. What year so, was this? How long ago? Oh man, that was 2000, probably 2014. Okay. Beginning, the beginning of 2014, I think. Okay. Or the end and, of 2015. And you're married at this point? Yeah, we've been married since 2011. Okay. Uh, but we've been together for... <laughs> Like 17 years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, you grew up in the same town? No. Or you just... Uh, we met, um, she was in high school. And, okay. And I was out in Virginia in the military doing okay. all that stuff. And yep. We met, I saw her from the second story window and I said, that's the girl I'm going to marry. Really? Yeah. Wow. You it's don't amazing. hear... I've heard that before, but I don't hear it that often, to be honest with you. No, I've, I've never, like, uh, I never thought that kind of stuff was real. Like, yeah. you know, like, love at first sight, all that stuff. Yeah. Um. And again, like through my past, I just, okay. it was, I did what I wanted and when I wanted, where I wanted. Mm. And it was just like, but I was high, like I was really trying to hide a lot of stuff, just hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. And so I numbed it any way I could. And, mm. and then I saw her and I was like, holy smokes. This is high school. You saw her. So she was in high, she was 17 and I was 21 years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So she was a baby. Okay. You got a head start. And my mother was like, don't you dare touch her. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what is the soon enough now? It says soon enough there. Uh, so okay. soon enough was, that was, we got that tattoo. We both have that. Uh, her oh, okay. and I, we got that in Colorado 
Okay. At, at, we were at a chiropractic seminar, and again, we were just like, let's go get a tattoo. So, so you got soon enough later? No, soon enough was there first. It was just that. Oh, oh And then okay. the, the dude in Naples was like, hey, let's add some, let's add okay. some, like put it all together. So we put like that banner around it, um, yeah. tied it up really nice. And uh, so the soon enough thing was, so we've known each other for 17 years, but yeah. for the first year, eight years-ish of our relationship, uh, we didn't live in the same state. Oh, I see. So she lived in Illinois and I lived in Virginia. Yep. And then she lived in Illinois. I lived in Ohio. Then she lived in Indiana. I lived in Ohio. Then she okay. lived in Indiana. I lived in Kentucky. Oh, wow. And then she moved to Iowa and then I moved to Iowa to go to school. with. I see. Okay. And are you moving around mm-hmm. at this point a bit because you're in the military at this time or no? Uh, no, that was all for like post-military. Oh, Okay. Okay. schooling, like figuring out what, gotcha. am, what am I going to do with my life? Yes. Uh, so my family lives in Ohio. Okay. So after uh, being in Virginia, we went to Ohio, Yep. hung out with the fam. And then it was like, let's, I want to do this chiropractic thing. Okay. Um, Cause it, I got injured in the military. Okay. And they wanted to do surgery and I'm like, not happening. Mm. So uh, I went to, I was on the only base in the U S I had a chiropractor on it. Dude adjusted me twice that night I was playing football. Whoa. Like, All right. We need to come back There's to that. To this. The reason I asked about your tattoo was uh, I only have two. I have a bison over here. Yeah. And then on my left side right here, uh, it says there is an anchor for my soul. Yeah. And uh, I've always really liked that. I didn't know until recently, actually, that the early, really early Christians, an anchor was actually the more popular Christian symbol than a fish. Yeah. yeah it's of uh, the fish. So it was like... Anchor, you know, and for good reason because, uh, you know, those early Christians, they had a lot of persecution too. Mm-hmm. So the idea that there's an anchor for your soul really, you know, meant a lot, which uh, it's always meant a lot to me too. So I finally got the tattoo. But, um, you know, the tattoo over here, okay, it hurt. It, it hurt worse than I was expecting. You know what I mean? But uh, a couple years later, when I went back in for this one on the side, I laid down on the table and put my arm up <laughs> and she hit that. With the needle, and dude, I'm telling you right now, there was not a question in my mind that I was not going to make it through. I I was sure I was not going to be able to make it through there. Yeah, I did not. It, it I cannot describe. Apparently, um, <laughs> we've had five kids, right? So my wife knows about giving birth, and there's something in the birthing process that referred to as the ring of fire, which I can you know only imagine. I, the only way I know how to equate the tattoo on the side right here under your armpit, right on yeah. your side by your ribs. Is like that ring of fire for an hour, just getting rubbed yeah. around the side. It was awful, just, dude. And I was just, I was sweating. I was barely breathing. And I was just trying to think of anything I could just to make it through. Yeah. And about an hour in, because this one took about three or four hours, actually. Yeah. And about an hour in, uh, she she stopped. And, and I was expecting her to say, okay, we're halfway done. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And as it turns out, she was done. Oh, wow. So she never asked how I'm doing. Never once. Never once did she ask how I'm doing. She never asked if I needed a break. Uh, just barely got it done. Anyhow, uh, and, and I, I don't have a super high pain tolerance, but I'm telling you, it hurt, dude. However, <laughs> what she said was the only place worse than the side is right here for st- on your sternum, which I think you, you got it right there, don't you? Not that low. It's pretty okay. It's up a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, she just said she's had when she hits that spot, grown men, big old dudes yeah. are just like tearing up and can barely take it. Collarbone is not comfortable. <sighs> uh, my Achilles, that one was kind of painful. Right here, right in the back of like your ankle. So I got a 
like a tribal thing on the back of my leg. On the back of your ankle? So like there. Oh, oh that has she to was, kill. <laughs> so I asked her afterwards what people do. Like, do people take Tylenol before they come in here? She was like, no, most people just grin and bear it. Yeah. That's kind of I part can't. of the process. Coffee enemas. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, by the nice. way, I was. We were just talking before we hit record that I was flipping through some of your podcasts, yeah. and they're really great. I enjoyed. I, I listened to I think two, and then uh, I told you this, but I was having trouble figuring out which ones to listen to because I was scrolling through. You have like seventy plus on there, yeah. and I'll be like, okay, I want to hear that one. Oh shoot, I want to hear that one. Oh, there's one on depression. I want to hear that one. There's one on fats. I definitely want to hear that. Um, it was great, but uh, you mentioned that you've talked about coffee enemas on your podcast. Yeah, it's my and favorite podcast that we do. What? Um, and by the way, what's the name of the podcast? People want to find it. Uh, so it's the Health Majors. The Health Majors. Yeah. So if they search the Health Majors and podcast, they'd be able to find right it. There. Um, and uh, and then we can put a link to. But um, so I've heard about coffee enemas, but never tried it. What's the situation? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my wife. Um, She's dealt with like candida for a while. What is so that? So it's like a candida is a bacteria. Okay. So it's like a bacterial overgrowth that can cause havoc in your system. So for her, it would like present itself through her skin. So mm-hmm. she'd get like these red blotchy spots or kind of dried out spots. And so she's one of her friends was like, hey, you need to try these coffee enema things. And her, it's really our best friend. She gets mad at me that I say that, but because it was her best friend. They've been best friends since they were eight years old. Oh, okay. Um, she's a chiropractor as well. Oh, okay. So she's like, hey, you need to try this coffee enema thing. And then they started talking to me about it. I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to do a coffee enema. I'm never sticking anything up my butt. Sorry, not going to happen. And uh, so my wife started doing them and it really started helping because uh, it, what it does is it helps clean out your gallbladder and your liver. Like it'll help pull out some of the toxins and you just expel it mm. into the toilet. So finally I was like, I'm, I just got to try this thing out. So I had done, <laughs> <laughs> I did a 21 day water fast uh, in chiropractic school and like around. All, 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 you, all you ate for 21 days was water? Well, I guess I had a coconut water okay. for lunch. Yeah. About a cup of coconut water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the rest of it was just water. For 21 days? 21 days. Wow. And uh, so it was like they, like the late teens. And I'm like, you know what? Like my stomach was like just tight, kind of like in knots. And there's nothing in there. So nothing's coming mm-hmm. out. Right. So I was like, I'm going to try this thing out. So she was gone. Nobody was home. So I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) You just couldn't do it when she was there. Yeah. Oh, there's no way. (laughs) That's how it has to be for me too. (laughs) Like I I get everything ready in the bathroom and like I've seen her set everything up. So I'm like, I kind of know the deal. And uh, so I'm in the bathroom and I start doing this thing. Like literally, I don't know, seconds within me getting any type of coffee inside of my system and like the bucket's high, so it's like rushing in. I just didn't understand the whole deal about that. But so all of this coffee floods my system <laughs> and uh, I couldn't hold it. Wow. And I'm like, I'm not making it to the toilet. Or you're in the bathroom already though. In the bathroom. But I'm on the floor, like kind of curled in a ball. Okay. Trying to get this thing to <laughs> go inside. And I'm like, 
this isn't happening. There's no way. So basically I just jumped, turned and sprayed the entire shower. Just no. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is there like, wasn't anything in my system. So it was all these like little tiny, like poop pellets. Oh, just like, Oh man. So, it was a, it was the gnarliest thing ever. So oh, it took me a while. You, and you had to clean it up. I, I had assume. To clean, yeah. Oh, That's that what is probably took awful. The longest. Oh, I don't. Uh, it's still in some ways still better than throw up. It seems a little bit. Oh, yeah. dude, I can't handle uh, vomit. It's it's yeah. it's, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that was much better. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like vomit for your <laughs> for your rear for your butt. Um, <laughs> what is so an enema, I understand, basically you're sticking something in your butt. Now a coffee enema, what is this? Is this is this hot coffee? Is this coffee beans? What what? So what, it's what's the system? So it's a really how do you do it? Uh, for it's got to be organic, like no no pesticides, because coffee is one of the most pesticide laden crops mm-hmm. in the world. So you got to make sure that it's like the cleanest coffee you can get, and then you basically you just make coffee. Um, so you'll fill up a, a pot of water, let it boil for about five minutes. I like to met, let mine like, uh, simmer for 10 or 15 and then you transfer it to the bucket once it's cooled down a little bit. And then my wife will add like ice cubes to it so she can do it faster. Um, hmm. she's usually on a time crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so the, then that's it. You put that coffee, brewed coffee, you strain it, obviously make sure you don't yeah. have any grounds and then. That's what you use for the, the enema. And what it does is it excites the walls yes. of your intestinal lining. Yeah. But then it is able to permeate to through the gallbladder mm-hmm. to allow you to help cleanse out your gallbladder. And mm-hmm. then there's other cleanses that we do. And Fascinating. So the coffee, when you make the coffee, is it the same water grinds mixture that you would if you were just going to drink it? So we use, uh, it's 32 ounces of water. And it's like three tablespoons of coffee. 32 ounces of water and three tablespoons of coffee. I'm pretty sure that's the... That's not that much coffee. I don't really uh, measure. That's, okay. I'm just... That's a guesstimate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't measure anything. <laughs> <laughs> three tablespoon coffee. Obviously organic, non-pesticides. Yeah. You're making it just like you're going to drink it. So I'm just kind of curious. Here's a coffee pot. Right here, actually. Does this say how many ounces? I mean, this is... That's probably 24. I mean, but you're not putting... Not all at once. Well... You're not putting this much... Coffee? You're not using this much water, are you? Oh, yeah. You're putting this much coffee up your butt? You do it about eight-ish ounces at a time. Eight to 12. So it'll end up being like... And you try to hold it as long as you can. And the long, the more often you do it, the longer your body can hold it. Huh. Um, but that first one, because I didn't have anything in my body except uh, for water. Okay. Right. It was like, my body was like, what's going on? Uh, let's wow. get this out of here. So, so oh, that is so much more water than I would have thought. It's so much more, it's more content than I would have, than I was thinking. Oh, you can, I mean, our friend will put 32 and hold it. So, but what's more common is put in eight ounces, yeah. expel, yep. eight ounces, expel, yep. and then another eight. Wow. That's a lot, man. So, um, anatomy-wise, so you have the large intestine, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. 
you have your, basically your butt and the large intestine. Yeah. And then small intestine. Yeah. That's about as high as you're going to get. Okay. But where is the gallbladder? So the gallbladder in- sits, it's not in the intestines. It's near the intestines. But that coffee allows your, you expands. So you, inside of your intestines, you have like these little grooves, right? Mm-hmm. So what it'll do is it helps open those up. And that's how like, um, she was just on your show. She was talking about Jamie Aurora. Yes. Yeah. So leaky gut. Right. Right. Yeah. So when leaky gut, the walls already got massive holes, right? Yes. Basically just punched yes. in it from all the garbage that we eat. Yep. So what we're trying to do is expand that. Okay. And then allow the coffee to exit and it'll get in and it just excites the gallbladder. Mm. And literally it just start to like squeeze and then it'll push out hmm. the excess gunk. Interesting. Now, the liver is attached to the intestines, right? It goes liver and then the small intestine and the large intestine? No. Or, no? But the liver does process everything yes. we your drink, correct? How- Through the bloodstream. So it's not directly like it doesn't. Gotcha. Okay. Food doesn't go through the liver. <laughs> now we know why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you had me questioning for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Wait, just that. Gotcha. Food does not go through the liver. No. Okay. Blood. Gotcha. I see. Okay. So big, big blocks is stomach, small intestine, large intestine. Yeah. Um, and the coffee enema is expelling things. In your large intestine, mm-hmm. gallbladder, and liver. It'll pull from the liver, yeah. And, and It'll pull help from the liver. liver. Jumpstart the liver. And what specifically would you be after with that? What's the case for coffee enemas? Is there a particular use or just uh, as a cleanse? It's more or? of a cleanse. Okay. Um, my wife will tell you a lot more about it. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, she, like, she'll recommend it to certain people, mm-hmm. specifically like digestive stuff. If okay. somebody's got like IBS or some mm. kind of even leaky gut, mm-hmm. um, basically what you're trying to do is cleanse it, pull everything out, mm-hmm. and then rebuild from there. I'm pretty sure I have leaky gut. Uh, so I heard y'all talking about, yeah. you were like, does everybody have it? Or does some be, is it like Man, a I, yes or a no kind of a thing? Dude, or? I am on, I'm probably at about day 20 of carnivore. Yeah, love it. Dude. My brother mentioned that you've been on Carnivore before, yeah. so I want to talk about it. Um, talk about it very briefly with Jamie. The only other time I had done it, well, I think it was in eight, 2000, fall of 2018 for six or seven days. That was it. I'm on day 20, and, man, I'm feeling good, I man. I feel great. Honestly, I feel really good. Um, I w- you know, CrossFit's about to open back up again, thankfully. Uh, I have some pieces of equipment here, but, of course, you don't, you, don't, you don't work. I don't work myself by myself like no. I do in a group. It's, it's, it's a shame. That group but, setting changes the whole game. Yeah, it does. But um, <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to actually, you know, working out decently again uh, every day. But, uh, but man, I feel so much better on the carnivore diet. So I should maybe consider the coffee enema thing too. Might well. If, Because yeah. uh, when you're on carnivore, issues. like your bowel movements mm-hmm. almost disappear. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, yep. they're small. Yep. yep. Right. And they're very infrequent. And it's because meat, every part of meat is usable. Mm. So the reason why you poop and you poop a lot is because you eat fiber, right? And fibers, mm. they're soluble and insoluble. So your body will expel everything it can't use, mm-hmm. which is a lot when we're talking about 
things that have cell walls that are hard. Yes. Meat, the, you can digest and use almost 100% of it. Fascinating. It's what I've thought before when I've seen, uh, if you've ever seen coyote poop, but in New York we used to have coyotes and you occasionally see coyote scat and there is not much there and, and, and like a, like it's, there's a lot of like fur in it, mm-hmm. like the, the fur of whatever animal, the yeah. rabbit that they ate, there's fur in it, but there's not that much there because they're mostly meat eaters. Yep. So um, one thing I have not experienced with the carnivore diet is diarrhea. Never. Uh, yeah. Cause I've heard that's somewhat familiar or that's common with the, with the carnivore diet is diarrhea, but I don't, I never got it. I've heard more uh, like constipation, but it's not really, okay. I think people mistake constipation for just everything's being used up. So you're, you're, mm. there's not a lot to poop out. Right. Yeah. I could, no, I can testify to that for sure. Um, the fiber thing is interesting because I had a friend that had, um, not IBS, but, uh, discomfort, um, and, uh, and even some bleeding and things. And, uh, it was, it was fiber. It was too much fiber. His, his body was whatever fiber he was eating. It was too much. It was too bad or something. It was like scratching his, his body. It It also slows down your digestion. So like, yeah, it will clean, it'll help like push stuff through, Mm -hmm. but it slows down that digestion process. Like you eat meat, and your body starts breaking it down right away. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, let's take this protein over here. Let's take this fat over here. Let's, yeah. let's break this down into amino. Like, it's just like game on. Yeah. But you eat all these, like, a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. We've d- I've done it all. Like, we've Have raw, you done? We've done raw. We've done raw vegan. We've done... Uh, I did carnivore. She didn't do carnivore. She tried it for, like, two days. It wasn't her thing. Um, but we've tried, like... Paleo, we've tried. We're doing like whole thirty kind of a thing right now, yeah. Which is not easy. Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it is. Really, it's very hard to find stuff that doesn't have like even adding things to our food. Like we do bulletproof coffee every morning. Okay, uh, we put stevia in it. You can't have stevia, mm-hmm. so we're like, oh man, like just small things that we do on a normal basis. Yeah, uh, we just can't do it. So it's been, yeah. it's been a little bit of a struggle. But yeah, it's. Interesting. Well, what I've found, and it's just only been two times I've done carnivore, but this time it's it's really sticking. I don't know how long I'm going to do it, but I'm feeling good, so I'm not about to stop. To be yeah. honest with you, but the times that I've tried keto, I've never I've never done paleo. My body does feel good on a keto type oh, diet. Yeah. Keto carnivore, my body just appreciates it. I mean, I I've not done a lot of blood work to see like what's going on, yeah. but just the way I feel and everything, I can I know that's that's good for my body. Um, however, with the, the problem I've had with keto is there's enough of food that you can eat that is a middle ground to eating food you can't eat. In other words, for me, it's actually, it's actually fairly easy to eat carnivore. It's meat. I'm eating eggs, bacon, that type of thing. Done. Pig out, eat as much (laughs) as you want. Done. But don't eat anything else. That's it. That's it. That's all you can have. Have as much as you want, but nothing else. Where I went into problems is like... If I'm going to go do keto, but then try to... So you're eating a lot of what the family's eating, but then not some. But yeah. then I'm like, well, shoot, this is not that big a deal. Next thing I'm cheating. Next thing it's just the whole exactly. thing's just blown. Yeah, I've never done good at dieting at all. Actually, I've really never... I have not done many diets at all. At all, aside from this carnivore. When did you do carnivore and, and how did... What were you doing it for? When did I do it? Um, so we had a patient come in and... His girlfriend at the time was, ha- she had like 
massive digestive problems, uh, really bad acne, uh, just kind of like aches and pains. And he read up on the carnivore diet and talked her into getting on it with him. And it cleared everything up for her. Wow. So I was like, well, I don't, I will never recommend anything to somebody that I haven't tried myself. Mm. That's, I mean, that was one of the big reasons why I was like, well, I got to do this coffee enema thing because oh, I can't okay. tell somebody, hey, you should try this coffee enema. Thing. Like, yep. oh, what is that? How does it work? Okay. So this is what I did. Don't do this. Right. You know? <laughs> um, Have some adult supervision. I just like, <laughs> like, I want to be able to come from a personal place of like, yeah. look, this is what it was did for me. Boom, 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 boom. This is what I liked. This is what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to do carnivore six weeks done. Mm. And, uh, I've never felt better in my life. Mm. The problem is, uh, I trained for triathlons and my workouts are like between 30 minutes to two hours. There's no carbohydrates in a carnivore diet. Right. So there's, once I burn that, my body's like, star especially six weeks in like there's i didn't have any reserves i lost six pounds and i didn't have six pounds to lose oh wow so it was like my body was like searching and it was just i would die at like 45 minutes tops my body would just be of your workout Mm -hmm. Hmm. not not going any farther Hmm. so And and the thing is you can't eat meat 45 minutes in and have that effect anytime soon right like that's going to take some time like that's tough Eat, first of all, eating while working out is hard. Oh, yeah. Eating meat while Oof, working out I is can't imagine trying extremely that. difficult. Oh, yeah. Like, it's got to be... That's why, like, a lot of, you know, endurance people, they do the gels because yes. it's literally, like, scoop it in your mouth, yes. suck it, swallow it, and you're done. Yes. And it'll hit your system pretty quick. Yes. Um, and there's good ways to do it and bad ways to do that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, I have to start adding carbs back into my diet if mm-hmm. I'm going to continue this training cycle. Mm-hmm. So... It was a slow process of just adding. Yeah. You know. Was this any time recently? Yeah, it was. Uh, that you did the six weeks? It was week? last year. Oh, wow. I think so. Okay. And uh, when you added carbs back in, what, mm-hmm. were, what were the ones that you added back in? Uh, spinach. Spinach and avocados. That's where I started. Okay. Well, and that's not getting crazy. No. So spinach can give you... I mean, we eat pretty, like, pretty clean. Really yeah. clean, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love pizza, I love ice cream, but we eat yeah, extremely clean. Yeah, so that's good. It's hard to eat clean. Um, I don't see for me. It's not. Well, maybe it's not for for you if it's a lifestyle. Yeah, that's the thing. Is you've seen what happens if you don't. Yeah, you know, and you and you're in contact with people that, that don't. you know. You're just seeing this every day. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I I definitely get your point on that. Um. But. Uh, but you don't have much, there's not much carbs to be gotten out of spinach, is there? I mean, yeah, there is, hmm. but avocados for sure. Okay. First good yeah. healthy fat. So like we eat more of a keto style diet anyway. Okay. So like very high fat. Yes. Very minimal carbs. Okay. And like almost zero processed food. Gotcha. So for me, my body, as soon as I started putting spinach and avocados in my diet, Mm-hmm. My energy level, like an hour in, was still there. Really? Yeah. Did you use those gels a lot too? Um, so I use, uh, I do use a gel. It's like Spring or Springer or something like that. Okay. It's a lot. There's no like, it's not a sugar spike. Okay. Yep. Um, it's there's a lot more like quinoa, 
So there is the carbohydrate push, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't like throw you into this sugar rush and then crash 20 minutes later. Yes. And then you got to do another gel. Like, right. Yep. Yeah. The the reason I asked was, uh, just before we moved to Nashville for about two, maybe three years, uh, in upstate New York, I got really into road biking. Yeah. And that was the most fun exercise. Yeah. 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 Actually, I think he wound up buying my bike. I think he still has it, but that was the most fun exercise that I've ever done. Again, like just it. just road biking. I've never done triathlons. I I that would be a real stretch for me. But uh, <laughs> you know, twenty thirty miles on the bike. You know, on a good day, maybe forty. And then we did a couple of you know bike trips across the state of South Carolina. You know, things like that. I just really enjoyed it. It's it's like high energy, kind of high intensity. Yeah. But it's the type of thing where you can do for an hour, put on some headphones and the helmet. I just love that. But the gels, they were really helpful. Oh yeah. Uh, And I think I had something a lot of times in the water. Yeah. Like a mix in the water, but um, I do. I add a lot of salt to the water. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Do you, are you training for any triathlons right now? Uh, So I've got one in June uh, in Wisconsin that I don't think we're going to do. I think we're going to try to defer it to next year. Mm Mm-hmm. First of all, I sink in the water, and if I don't keep up on it, yeah, like it just gets really bad. Okay, like I have to swim two or three times a week. Okay, in order to just to maintain not sinking. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. The first, the very first time I ever got in the pool, I swam twenty five meters and got up one length from one end to the other. Oh, really? I said, Screw this, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like huffing and puffing, and then yeah. I saw this. Uh, like overweight dude, old guy in the locker room after. I was like, dude, how long have you been swimming, bro? He's like, uh, 10 years. He goes, don't worry. You'll get it at some point. Hmm. And then he looks at me dead in the eye. He goes, muscle don't float. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get it, bro. No, it don't. And the no. other thing is learning to use your legs. I've never properly learned that to be honest with you. I don't use my legs a lot. I don't either. And I'm, you're supposed to a lot more though. I yeah. think, Right. I just get so tired when I try to use my legs. I when get I use my legs, tired. my heart rate goes through the oh, roof. Oh, me too. And I, then I, like my breathing, I can't. 100%. I can't tone it down. So then it's like, then you get into this panic mode and yep. then everything starts to go awry. And then I'm like, okay, so now I have to stop. It just kind of like yes. wait in the water, take a couple breaths, figure it out and then get back into it. Okay, so you have the same issue, and you're relying a lot more on your arms than some swimmers. Oh, maybe more than you should be, but you got Probably, great, you got yeah. good size arms, so you're you're fine there. Yeah. Um, okay, interesting. Well, that's I think I'm going to focus on that too because I've gotten frustrated. Like honestly, it's like I I kick and I go a certain distance and I'm shot. I just can't do it. Yeah. But if I just swim like I would normally naturally swim, I mean I can swim a decent a decent distance. Um. What uh, what are you doing right now? I mean, you're first of all, how tall and how heavy are you? Uh, five ten. Okay, I'm probably one eighty six ish. Okay, right now uh, five ten, one eighty six. What are you doing to get arms like that? I would like to have arms like that and a chest like that. So the crazy thing is, the only thing that I'm doing right now. Well, I won't say the only thing, but primarily, uh, I got a friend asked me. Actually, our best friend's mom said, hey, do you want to do 50,000 push-ups this year? And I was like, not really. <laughs> uh, but sure, I like a challenge. Um, so it started, we, the day that we started, 
it was like we had to do 139 a day uh, mm-hmm. in order to make that goal. And then I missed like a month. Oh, wow. So now I got to do 160 a day. Okay. To keep the goal. So yeah. that's basically all I'm doing is 160 push-ups a day right now. That's your workout right now? Yeah. Oh, I've, yeah? I've been throwing in like, because uh, there's no gyms open. Right. You're not, we don't have a bar. We don't have a lot of stuff at the house. So okay. like the other day, I did like a running clock, burpees, push-ups, pull-ups. Mm. Just, yeah, you have a, something to do the pull-ups on? Yeah, the deck, the uh, thing that hangs on uh, the deck. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it's yep. not like a pull-up bar. It's right. A, it's a two-by-eight. <laughs> yep. Now, under normal circumstances, are you are you uh, a member at a gym, or what are you doing to stay fit? Yeah, we go to the Y. Like, I'm a member of the Y. My wife does um, boxing down at Hotbox. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the only reason, the bigger reason is Y's got a pool. Mm. Uh, and they're open pretty late. So I get in there after work or before work. Gotcha. Yes. Um, and then like the rest, uh, you don't need a gym to run. You don't need a gym to bike. Cause I got a bike, got yes. a, a trainer at the house. Mm. Uh, I love Natchez Trace riding on that. Oh, you get out there. Oh, it's oh, gorgeous. So man. beautiful. And like the cool thing about it is the cars, bikes have the right of way. Right. So cars out there will sit behind you and wait. Yes. And just let you do your thing. Yeah. Which is very rare. Like I've tried to ride on Harding. I've tried to ride on Oh Harding. Yeah. Hillsborough. Yeah. Franklin. And I feel like every time I'm about to die. Like I've got honked at and cussed out. Like I'm like I'm 100%. just I'm just like That's the thing with uh riding bikes on the road, dude. It it's it's dangerous. It is. Like it or not, it's super if the road's dangerous. not closed, it's like unreal. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it really is. I mean it's you know, any lot, most things are dangerous, but <laughs> biking on the road, man, particularly today with cell phones and everything, distracted yeah. driving. Yeah. Oh, you'll you, see you gotta, like they just start coming over and yeah. you, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had in, uh, where I grew up in upstate New York, we had the state routes had pretty good sized shoulders. Like you had a yellow line and then probably a three or four foot sh- shoulder, which down here you don't get that. No. But the one time, you know, you're, you're biking head down and I'm heading home. <laughs> And there's a car that comes by me inside the, like on my side of the white line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I didn't see it. I didn't have a mirror on my bike. Maybe I should have. Yeah. But next thing you know, psh, there the car was on my side of the white line. You know, it's scary. It is. Um, speaking of triathlons, did you see that Netflix documentary, Iron Cowboy? Yes. 50 triathlons in 50 states. 50 Ironmen in, in 50 states. Yes. Which is... Way different. Fifty Ironmans, fifty Ironmans, fifty states. Yeah, I don't know how you say that either. <laughs> fifty days. It's absurd. He started in Hawaii. Uh, he, I think the first first day was in Hawaii, and then did he? Ha- you got to go. Ala- you got to go to Alaska, right? I think, I think he went. Like, I think he yeah, went Hawaii, Alaska, and then and then the kinda states. Like worked through the states. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't want to get to the point where he had to jump in a plane to finish this thing. You know, yeah. if your plane got delayed or who knows. So um, yeah, that was crazy. Um, and the, my thing is like so many people gave him stuff about not actually doing fifty iron because he you know he did some on the treadmill. He yeah. rode indoors, uh, and I'm like. First of all, you go do the 50, then you can say something. Yeah. The dude did the distance. That's right. And it, I don't know if it'll ever be done again. I mean, I'm sure somebody will at some point, but like that, 
to me was uh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I cannot imagine. And yeah, he did a couple of those things, but first of all, it was only a couple of times. It yeah. wasn't much at all, and it was by pretty much necessity. I yeah. mean, I just can't. He had the injury first, yeah. and then he had a so my. Yep, I can't imagine. No, but you can see it. Uh, you know, about what was it about? Like, I felt like it was about like f- between forty and sixty percent into this thing. He was just. There was no energy left. No. I mean, he couldn't sleep. Like he was sleeping like four hours a night. He was con- continually falling behind. Yeah, and it was just like you can just see it in the documentary. Like this guy's body is telling him to stop. <laughs> it's telling him there's nothing left, and he kept going. He but then it was like it. the last twenty or thirty percent. Actually, it was almost like he was gaining momentum oh, as yeah. he finished this thing. So it's kind of like for me, like in a workout. You know, if there's if we if you do like rounds, your workout's got like ten rounds. Mm-hmm. Round one through three, you're hitting it hard. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I got to slow down. Yep. I got to pace myself. Yep. And then like rounds eight, nine, and 10, you're like, I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm going to go hard again. Yes. So that's kind of like how I felt his whole thing went is first, and he got kind of punched in the mouth. Like It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. Yes. And then, but towards that end, you're just like, the finish line is right there. Yes. It's even doing a triathlon. Like that last three miles of the run, the last like two before that last mile suck. Mm. That last mile though, you get that, that extra push. You're like, oh, this is like, I am done. Thank you, Jesus. I finished this thing. So uh, it, it, it plays along very well with how you, how you do a workout, but his was basically just a 50 day long workout. Yeah. Absurd. What's the difference between an Ironman and a triathlon? So, I mean, they're, they're essentially the same, but an Ironman is a distance. Mm-hmm. So Ironman's a 140 miles total. And then a half Ironman's 70 miles, 70.3. But, and then you've got like sprints that are, they can change kind of from distance to distance, but it's usually a short, really short swim, like maybe a thousand meters at the most. Mm. Uh, and then you'll have like a, maybe a 13 mile ride or maybe a little less. And then a, maybe a 5k at the end. Mm. So that would be like a sprint. Then you have an Olympic, which is kind of almost double that. And then you, there's some like intermediate stuff that people will kind of throw together, mm-hmm. but then there's the half Ironman distance and then the Ironman distance. And how, and what's a, tri- how long is a triathlon? So a triathlon is basically all of those are triathlons. It's just different distances gotcha. okay. of those triathlons. Yes. All right. And so what you have done before, what is that? I started with a sprint and then I did an Olympic and then I did uh, the half Ironman. Okay. I've done two halves and the goal is to do a full this year, but um, it's gonna, we're, we've already tried to defer that one to the next year. I and see. that'll be in Lake Placid. Oh, Lake Placid, New York? Yeah, I heard, I heard it's gorgeous. Oh, it is beautiful. That's only a few hours from where we grew up. I also heard but. it is the course that makes men and women who they are. Really? So I'm excited. Hmm. Yeah. I love challenges. Well, I think you'll have one. <laughs> uh, so you, you plan to do that one next year? Yeah. In Lake Placid. Yeah, we had they had the Olympics in Lake Placid, believe mm-hmm. it or not. This is a little small, sleepy kind of town and <laughs> in like... Upstate, well, not even upstate. Yeah, upstate New York in the kind of the Adirondacks. Very, very pretty. Um, what uh, do you recall getting into? I, I saw your um, podcast episode on depression. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly when that one came out, but 
What were some of your thoughts? What are your thoughts on depression? Oh man. Uh, so for, for, first of all, I, I'm a chiropractor. So when we look at the body as a whole, cause that's how we treat it. Like we're not a bunch of parts that are put together. And like, if you, if you mess with one thing, it messes with something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so when you're looking at the body, the brain controls every single function of the body. Right. And your brain controls your thoughts. It controls your mood. It controls the beat of your heart. It controls, you know, me wiggling my pinky toe. Every function of the body is controlled by the brain. And if there's damage or pressure on your nervous system, it does not allow your body to communicate properly. Mm. So the body heals one way. It's from above down, inside out. There's never a potion, a lotion, a vaccine, an injection. There's nothing you can add to the body to help it heal other than good, healthy nutrition. But the thing is like, when you look at the nervous system, I think one of the biggest reasons why we see so much depression in our society right now is devices. Mm. And when you look at a device and you look at a kid sitting in front of a device, their face is in their lap. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you pull your brainstem through your uh, foramen and your base of your skull. So you have a hole in the base of your skull. Mm-hmm. Your brain sits up here. Your brainstem sits right there. And then you have your spinal cord that's attached to it. Mm-hmm. So you put a, a skull into extension or flexion either way. Like with the head down. Head down is going to be okay. flexion. Yeah. And then when we look up, that's extension. Mm-hmm. So you have these kids and even adults nowadays that are sitting like this, right? Mm-hmm. So the spine will actually start to, I wish I had a spine here. Uh, so a <laughs> I wish normal, I had a spine here. That's norm- not something you hear on every podcast. Oh, it's my spine. So <laughs> I'll kind of explain first of all, like what a normal position of a spine is, you should have a curve in your neck and it should be 45 degrees and it should go this way. Yes. Yeah. It should be cupped. To the yeah. back. Like now the, when you say 45 degrees, the, like from the top of the curve to the bottom you're saying? Yeah. So if you look at. C2, which is the second bone of the spine, mm-hmm. and then C7. So C7 is down here. Mm-hmm. C2 is up here. Yep. You draw a line on the back of those two bones, they should create a 45-degree angle. And then that there should be a nice smooth curve in between those two bones. Mm. So when the spine, it's called the arc of life. Mm-hmm. So when the spine's in that position, your nervous system's relaxed within there. But what we're seeing a lot of now, especially in these kids, is Instead of having that C, it's either straight or it's going the opposite way. You've seen some that, oh, that yeah. go the opposite way? And I mean, these nine-year-old kids. So Holy that doesn't cow. happen. There's a lot of ways that happens, but a big reason is because they're constantly looking down at these devices. So what happens hmm. when the, the neck is here, this is the skull. The skull will sit at an 18-degree angle mm-hmm. to the rest of the spine. When the neck goes forward you would be looking at the ground. Mm-hmm. So what happens, the skull, it's called your writing reflex, will automatically, neurologically tell your skull to go straight. That clamps down on those nerves at the very base of the skull. So the information within the brain, it's like choking off the information from above down, inside out. So mm-hmm. we're stopping that communication process. So literally we have all of this information basically being recycled within the brain and it overloads the body and there's, you're either going to get a attention deficit, can't focus on anything because your brain's going freaking nuts in there. Or when that goes long enough, it turns into a, like a depression of a, like, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong. You get hmm. like this, this overload. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just the opposite of that excitation of attention, like going crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, every symptom is basically the same thing. It's your body telling you, Hey, there's something not connecting properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do is we look at the, the spine and the nervous system and figure out how do we get this, the specifically the neck back in the right position, put mm-hmm. the skull back on the spine properly and let the body heal the way God designed it to do in the first place. Interesting. So for me, that's the number one cause of depression. And then, I mean, there's all kinds of other toxicity. Yeah. Uh, first, medications. Mm-hmm. I mean, for 5% of the world's population, we take 80% of the world's drugs. There's a problem there. <clears throat> this, is, we have this, this is, corona in, this is in America? America. We're 5% of the world's population, and we take 80%. We take 80% mm-hmm. of the world's population's drugs? Yeah. In America? The average American's on 13 drugs. I'm not taking any, so that means uh, no, somebody's dude, there's no mine. way. Stop it. When the average American? Average American. Is on 18 drugs? 13. 13 drugs? Dude, you should see the people that come into our office, man. Are you sure? I'm like... That's absurd. I don't know how... Well, I mean, you think about it. Baby boomers. There's a lot of them. There is, yeah. And they yeah. are on yeah. massive amounts of medication. Is that because you think in their day mm-hmm. there wasn't so much attention put on holistic health and natural health and things? And it was just, oh, the doctors are telling us to take medication. So that's what we did in the 1970s or 80s. I and think, it kind of stuck. Is that what it is? No, because I think back then when they were growing up, they were living life like we should be living it. They're walking a lot more. They're moving mm-hmm. around. They're eating, their food was, a, I mean, 15 years ago, like one cup of spinach. We got to eat 50 cups of spinach now, somewhere around there, to, to match the nutrient density. Because the spinach is so much Because our soil potent. is so depleted. Because we're, we're oh, planting wow. the same thing over and over and over. Right. You're supposed to rotate crops. We don't do that. Mm. That's why you got to spray it with all this crap, mm-hmm. which is toxic to the body, which is going to cause malfunction and disorder and dis-ease within the body. So mm-hmm. long time ago, I think they were eating better. They were moving better. Uh, and then all of a sudden we started changing all of this stuff and their bodies had no idea what to do with it. Mm. So then you go to a doctor and they're like, well, you got this, you have this problem. Take this. Right. That's just how it turned. Right. Yes. Like back in the day, we didn't have all of these diseases we have now. Mm. Heart disease was mm. nowhere near as high as it is. Cancer. When I was a kid, I never knew a kid in school that had cancer. Hmm. Now every single school school's got at least one kid that's got cancer. Like it's just yeah, like you're right. There's a kid in our neighborhood that has cancer. And it's yeah. like what what changed? Yep. And you go back in history, started with our food. I mm-hmm. mean, you got <laughs> now we're getting started. Oh man. Like I could go on this stuff all like I love yeah. like I'm not like a conspiracy theorist, but mm-hmm. i there's a lot of stuff out there that's like big pharma has their hand in a lot of stuff. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, and there's yeah. no money in healthy people. That's right. The, that's my biggest issue is like getting sick people well is not the medical society overall. It's mm-hmm. not, and it's not doctors. It's mm-hmm. the, the system itself mm-hmm. is not designed to get people well. Yes. So if we can keep somebody sick from the age of how old is he? Nine. If from the age of nine and keep them alive as long as we can, mm-hmm. we have a lifelong patient that we're constantly making money off of. Yeah. And eventually, you know, one medication turns to two. Yeah. Two will turn to three, and then you get this. That's why we're on so many drugs. 
What are some of those most common? I mean, I'm I'm shocked by the average American. Now, if you just said the average American that has had hospital time or the average American that's, I don't know, has had some <laughs> sort of a disease, you know what I mean? But yeah. the average American period is shocking to me. Um, what are some of the most common that drugs? Uh, most common would be blood pressure. Oh. Cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah. So those two are like... A very good majority. If you're over, I mean, we've got kids that are not kids, but like teenagers that are on it. So I can't give you an age range anymore. Wow. Um, and that's another thing. Like kids have adult onset diabetes. Like mm-hmm. how is this stuff happening? Hmm. But the cool, like if you just, if we go back and just started living the way mm-hmm. we were meant to in the beginning, moving our bodies, mm-hmm. eating real food. Yep. Uh, for me, going to church or having some type of community, mm-hmm. uh, removing the toxins from our society because mm-hmm. everything right now is loaded. Like indoors are more toxic than outdoors mm, because of the EMFs and everything. Well, yeah, the EMFs. You've thing, got or? chemicals in all the carpets and in the paints and oh, all this. Yeah. Like, yep. literally, it's just a chemical yep. box. Yep. And then for us as chiropractors, you're. Again, your nervous system controls everything. Mm-hmm. You put damage on that. Mm-hmm. Health is the body's ability to adapt to its environment. The lack of health would be a, an inability for your body to adapt to its environment. Yeah. Your body perceives your environment through your nervous system. Mm. That's how they tell if you're dead or not. They check your brain. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to a, a call so we're a part of a big group of doctors across the country. It's called Max Living. And we have a call every Thursday. And I was listening to one from last week. And there was a dude, he was like, like, I don't, three seconds before you die and three seconds after you die, science has no description of what happens, what leaves your body. Oh, that's fascinating. I never thought about that. And and in chiropractic, we talk about this thing called innate intelligence. Mm-hmm. Everything has an innate intelligence. Like you have a sperm and an egg, they come together and they start replicating mm-hmm. two to four, four to eight, eight to 16, 16 to 32. Like, and that turns into 70 trillion cells. There has to be something that organizes that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we call innate intelligence. Mm. And that power never leaves your body until you take your last breath. Hmm. And the way that innate intelligence communicates through the body is through the nervous system. Your brain is always telling your body what to do. And like in our society, we look at it as a symptom as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. A symptom is a really good thing. Right. It's telling you something is wrong. Yes. Fix it. Yep. Or you're going to die early. Yep. So why not look at the body and say, okay, so where, what are we missing here? Mm-hmm. You can't, again, you can't add stuff to the body to let it heal. A lot of times we got to take stuff out. Yes. Well, don't you think that's what's so challenging in the 21st century is uh, this, this idea of, okay, what are the symptoms and let's figure out what's going on and let's, let's fix it. The challenge that we have today is that there's so much going wrong. But, our food, yeah. our lifestyle, yeah. our... Uh, all these toxins that are all around us. Um, I mean, you just go on like the devices. It's so much now. Oh, it's yeah. it's it's hard to. 
it's not like the only thing that's where we've kind of gone wrong is the food, although that's a massive one. Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. Oh, yeah. And that's where it's so hard to to come up with these fixes, I think, unless someone's really willing to have a lifestyle change or really invest some time or that's all it is, and is be different, you know, you just have, have to, some changes. It's a lifestyle change. Yeah. And it's for me, it's why do you want it? Mm. If your why is not big enough, mm-hmm. never gonna happen. Yes. <clears throat> like I see my dad's health. <laughs> and my dad was 42 years old, had a heart attack, got put on drugs. Those drugs, the side effects, neurological defects, muscular wasting, and bone degeneration. <clears throat> my father has all three. Ugh. So imagine you're taking those drugs for 10 years, 15 years. It destroyed his body on the inside, mm-hmm. which is irreversible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we go on family vacation, and we have to alter our family vacation so that my dad can have, he's got to have a pool because he can't walk on the beach. My family loves to go to the beach. But everything we do has to be able to sit, like, my dad hates this. Um, It, like, breaks his heart. And uh, it's always, do we think Gary can do that? Mm. Okay, all right, we'll add that in or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that to my kids or my grandkids. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be chasing my grandkids on the freaking beach when I'm 80. Yeah. Like, not putting me on a porch in a pool while yep. everybody else is doing their thing like on your medications yeah so and my dad's not on he's not on any meds anymore which oh, okay. is awesome yeah uh, he's seen a chiropractor in in ohio ryan berlin awesome chiropractor <clears throat> if you live in the cincinnati area uh go ryan berlin ryan berlin okay cincinnati uh, game changer yeah so the thing like the, the the cool thing about my dad is all we do is teach him okay so how do we eat better mm-hmm. how do we move better how do we remove the toxins? His mind, it's, it's there, but it's like, what's your why? Mm-hmm. It's always, we always have to start with the why. And then he started getting adjusted a few months later. No, no drugs. Yeah. Well, that thing, that, that idea about the why, I think that's mm. so critical because, uh, you know, there's that saying something along the lines of, you know, you don't, change until the pain of staying the same is yeah. greater than the or, pain of change uh, or is greater than, you know, whatever the, the, the other pain uh, of staying the same or so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you just feel like, all right, well, it's actually, it's okay mm. if I just stay the same, but until that pain of how you are feeling and what you are doing is greater than the pain of putting in some effort to change, yeah. you're just not going to change. You're not. Um, and that's, I'm trying to, th- there's another one. Uh, if your why, if, if your why is not big enough, you'll never figure out the how. Yeah, I totally agree with that. What I was pulling up was, um, yeah, this here. Yeah, here it is. April the 7th, day one carnivore. You know, why am I doing this? Because, um, Dinner the night before, 10, 15 minutes after dinner, started to feel yuck. Spine hurt from working out, sore, depressed, brain fog, blah, blah, blah. Like I literally, that night, I actually remember this now. I had Ava and Aria in the car that night and I was about to go to the grocery store. I completely forgot about the virus, you know, set aside, you know, how bad is the virus, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, I had my five-year-old and and 18-month-old in the car. I was going to take them along to go to the grocery store. 
I forget completely forgot. Like that was a state of mind I was in. I was actually Googling that night. Like, do I have an MS? Like I was, I was, I was tired of it, dude. I felt like my spine was eating myself, was eating itself. Yeah. I was sick. I did not feel good. I was depressed. It was, it was not good. And finally I'm like that, that night I was like, this is, come on, this sucks. This has to stop. And that's the day I started carnivore. And that was like 20 days ago. And guess what? My, my I wake up and I don't feel sick. Mm-hmm. My spine does not feel like it's eating itself. Um, and it's feeling better. But the point is, like, I got to the point where something had to yeah, change. Got to draw a line in the sand. Got to draw a line in the sand. And and uh, and I don't and I don't expect to kind of use this as a crutch or keep you know keep doing this the rest of my life. But I do know I know myself well enough to know my weakness is yeah you know, I'll do this for a season and I'll get tired of it. Then I'll do something, you know, start eating that normal American diet again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Feel crappy again. And uh, so what I like what you guys are doing, it sounds like you've kind of figured out what works for you and just are just going to stick with it. Yeah. Which is key. And for me, that's super easy. So like I see life black and white. Like it's either yes or no, like Mm -hmm. you were talking. My wife is a little bit more, she's slower to make the change. Mm -hmm. Like you tell me you're going to eat carnivore for six weeks. Done. She'll do it. I'm saying. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Easy. Yes, yes, yes. She'll be like, eh, let's like slowly transition into the Cairo or the Carno thing. And yeah. And I'll try it for a couple. Of- yeah. No, no, no. I'm like, game on. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. So for me, that's super easy. For a majority of our patients, they're more like my wife. So mm-hmm. it's figuring out that balance of like, okay, so how do we take you from the standard American diet? Mm-hmm. And transition you into something even slightly better. Yes. And then once you're there, you kind of start seeing the benefits, and you're like, "Well, yeah. what if I, what if I, what if I tweak this a little bit and tweak yep. this a little?" And it's so for us, for most people, it's that like one degree of change. Yeah, no, I could see that. I think um, you know, for for me, I actually think I might be, a, I'm a little bit more similar to you in this respect, where for me, it's actually easier if it's just more extreme. In other words, for me, it's easier to eat carnivore than it is to eat keto or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I would rather, instead of being like, all right, man, you should go you know, walk around the block twice every single day. This is weird, but it's actually going to be easier for me to join a CrossFit gym than it would be to go walk around the block, you know, every day, like yeah. something moderately. It's just easier if it's just, just do it. If we're going to do it, let's do so it let's right. You know what I mean? We're going to do it right. Yeah. And we're not going to do it all. But I know like that, not everyone's kind of wired mm-hmm. that way. How much are you eating a day? Do you know? Um, I don't know how many pounds of meat I am eating a day. It would be, well, I don't even know if it's more than a pound. Um, like the other night, for example, would be a pretty typical, uh, like I haven't eaten today. So I wake up and have a glass of kombucha and an espresso um, in the morning, I was going to get away from actually having kombucha and, um, a coffee in the morning and just go water. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like the, um, I, f- I feel like for whatever reason, the kombucha and the espresso, it's a nice way to wake up and it kind of gets me, gets me going. So today I had uh, kombucha and espresso when I wake up and then just water. Um, a lot of times I'll reward myself with another, uh, espresso on a podcast and, um, and then, um, like it's what, four o'clock. I haven't eaten yet today. I mean, I'm not that hungry. I'm really yeah. not that hungry. So I'll get home, you know, five or six, whatever time tonight. And, um, I might be the equivalent of probably eating like, um, like a 16 ounce steak. Uh, how many ounces are in a pound? 16. 16. So, I mean, I'm probably eating a pound. I'm probably eating a pound and a half. Yeah. I'll bet. 
a pound to a pound and a half of meat. Does that sound about right? I per ate, day? I was like two to two and a half. Wow. I'd come home for lunch, eat a pound. Oh, okay. And then come home for dinner and eat a pound. I'd always have yeah. like three ready to go. Okay. I did. I basically ate ground beef the whole time. See, I was going to ask you what you were eating because I'm getting kind of tired of eating ground beef. See, I can, I can literally eat the same thing every single day and be totally content with that. Okay. For me, it's, it's easier. Yeah. Like, you're, like yeah. carnivore, easy. It's yes. one thing and one thing only. Um, but I would like throw in eggs every now and then. Yeah. Uh, we work with Tennessee Grass Farms, so we we get a lot of their meats. Mm. And uh, so grass-fed, grass-finished beef. Mm-hmm. So good healthy fats in there, mm-hmm. uh, which help brain. When we're talking about depression, uh, yeah. the the oversaturation of bad fats is another mm-hmm. big cause of depression because your brain's made up of fat. But And then I'd throw in like pork. Oh, okay. Mm. We'll have to come back to that. The oversaturation of bad fat can cause depression. Okay, so back to you were eating you were eating pork. I actually haven't eaten pork yet since. Yeah, uh, so we'll get that from Tennessee grass fed. So it's like okay. pasture raised. It's great pork. Um, I, I don't eat a lot of pork, but when I do, it's from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd eat like a steak maybe once a week, if mm-hmm. that. And then I would throw in some fish every now and then, mm-hmm. just maybe to mix it up, or like I forgot to pull out a, a pound or whatever, mm-hmm. and fish will thaw, like salmon will thaw pretty quick. So. But that was a majority. I had yeah. eggs every now and then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of cheese. Yeah, me too. Not a whole lot. Um, but that was basically yeah, it was cheese. ground beef, like day yeah. in day. Out. Is there enough of fat in ground beef? I always so, picture there's more fat on like a ribeye than ground beef. But so it depends on the ground beef. Like if okay. you get that eighty twenty, no. Mm. Like you want? I mean, sorry. If you get like ninety ten, no. That's not enough. No, you want the eighty twenty, like. I think Tennessee grass-fed, there's a lot of fat in there. Like, you can see it in their ground Oh, really? Beef. Okay. Um, I don't know the percentage, but mm-hmm. it's legit. Mm. Um, and then we do... I did Bulletproof also. Okay. So I was getting uh, fats from MCT. So that yes. was the only, I guess, non-carnivore. I didn't do yep. that for a while, and then I started adding that in towards the end. But Bulletproof is pretty <laughs> close to carnivore. I mean, someone could make an argument for butter. I mean, Bulletproof is butter and... Bulletproof is coconut. Like, MCT oils derived mostly from coconut. Okay. So it's not technically carnivore. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So you're, the way you're making your Bulletproof coffee was MCT oil. Butter. Were you putting... And butter, right? And butter. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. I like fat. Well, fat... <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's what... Um, fat's fat's good for you, right? I mean, your fat body... Fat really, really good for you. Particularly, it's good brain food. Yeah. I mean, your brain is basically all cholesterol for mm-hmm. the most part. It's like 70% cholesterol. So if you're not eating fat, you're starving your brain and what? your nervous system because your entire... Spinal cord, nervous system, it's all fat. Hmm. When you say the brain is 70% cholesterol... I'm pretty sure it's... Don't quote me on the number. But a lot of cholesterol. <laughs> is it a mixture of HDL and LDL? Cause, or so, is it like a different kind of cholesterol altogether? When we're talking... <clears throat> holy smokes. <clears throat> so when we're talking cholesterol, all cholesterol is good. Everyone's like, HDL is good, LDL, low, dirty. It's not. If you don't have LDL, you'll die. Mm. If you don't have HDL, you'll die. Mm -hmm. Your body needs both. So 
we, like I've never, we don't count anything when we eat. Mm. I don't count calories. I don't count fat. I don't count macros or my, all we do is eat real food. Mm-hmm. We diversify our food so that we can get nutrients from everything. But the thing is like, cause everyone's on this like no fat, low fat kick. Right. That's, the, that's some of the worst foods you can possibly eat for your, especially oh, for your brain. Yeah. Um, but it's still like, we still have patients coming in and they're like, we'll talk about eating fat. And they're like, no fat's bad. I'm like, no bad fat is bad. Mm. Canola oil, horrible. Yes. <laughs> Vegetable oil, atrocious. Yeah. And it's in all box foods. Mm-hmm. No, but like good, healthy, real fat will feed your body and you'll actually not be hungry. Mm-hmm. That's why like for you, you're eating a lot of good fat right now. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to eat a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like two and a half pounds of meat, I thought it was nothing. Like yes. it's not because I eat a lot. Yep. And for me to drop down to like literally two and a half pounds, maybe two pounds of beef a day, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not eating anything, mm. but I'm full all the time and mm-hmm. I feel amazing. Right. It's because my body was getting, and I would eat like liver, okay. uh, a little bit of heart. I tried, I tried oh, tongue. Yeah. It was disgusting. I tried tongue <clears throat> one time as a kid. I just couldn't do it. Like I like it. If, it. Like if I go to a Mexican restaurant and I get a tongue taco, legit. When I try I to make it. I didn't know you could get that. I can't make it. Tastes like whatever they make it really? taste like. Well, yeah. my mom made, <laughs> we raised uh, beef cattle back in the day. Lincoln would appreciate this. And um, some of those beef cattle, man, uh, we only had like two or three at a time. Like we had kind of like a McDonald farm or whatever and uh, little chickens and yeah. horses and beef cow and uh, peacocks for a while and just, you know, stuff like that. And um, we used to ride those little those little beef. We put horse uh, saddles on them. <laughs> we ride the cows, <laughs> but uh, anyhow, we would always eat them. And uh, so, at one, you know, at some point, you know, they'd visit the butcher shop, and that was yeah. the last we'd see them. And and mom made this uh, beef tongue. Like I kid you not, this thing was stretched out They're on a plate, massive. probably about that long. Like it was like I don't know, twelve, eighteen inches long, and it was. You know, a cow's tongue is rough. Yeah. Well, this tongue was rough, dude. Like you would like cut off a piece and like you could feel it was like sandpaper. Like it was like they just someone pulled the tongue out of the cow, heated up a little bit and served it. It just it wasn't presented good enough. It was well, I know you're like you're supposed to cut the outer membrane off, so that sandpapery okay. part. Yeah. But even still, I did that. I ground it. Um, I did like a steak of it. I okay. tried it a bunch of different ways and it just didn't work for me. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'm not. Yeah. So um if someone's eating a bunch of crap food, oh, that is going to have an effect on that, that could organ. cause depression. Yeah. I mean, it just seems, do, do you ever, you know, when you talk about these things, it, 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 it can, it can feel a little bit hopeless sometimes. Like it's, we've gone so wrong in a lot of ways. It's everywhere. The, it, it is everywhere, but <sighs> For me, being healthy is very simple. Being sick is difficult for me. Yeah, that sucks. Like, like for me to get a symptom, I, I just don't know. Like, it's eating good, healthy meat, eating organic vegetables, working out, treating my body right is easy for me. Hmm. And it's actually less expensive if you look at it. Because mm-hmm. when you eat all that crap, it turns into sickness. Mm-hmm. 
60% of bankruptcies in the, in the nation is due to medical bills. Wow. So if you look at it, I'm saving a crap ton of money by taking care of myself now. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's very difficult for people to understand that. Like, am I going to spend, you know, 30 cents more on a pepper? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know 30 cents now, it's like an investment. Absolutely. It's going to save me thousands later. Yep. Yep. So for me, like being healthy, it's a no brainer. Mm. When you, for yourself, um, or maybe even patients, some of your most fit patients, but even for yourself, are you getting, are you getting sick ever? Are you getting sick a couple of times a year? Like how often are you lay down on the couch with the cold or the flu or something like that? It's like, funny. Uh, cause I don't call it getting sick. Like I don't see it as a, as a, a bad thing. We talked about that earlier. It's your body expressing a symptom, but your mm. body's expressing health. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a fever, that's an issue. The fever is designed to heat your body up and kill what's attacking you. Yes. Why would I shut that process down? Mm-hmm. If I got diarrhea, why would I stop that? My body's expelling it as fast as it can. Same thing like vomiting, like all everything, like our society just looks at it backwards. That's a good point. I'd actually kind of forgotten about that. It's been so long since my wife is super into this stuff. So yeah, if a kid's <laughs> getting a fever, that's what crank that like, thing let it, up. Let it go unless it gets crazy, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point actually. But, but now that you say this, there's a lot of people that, oh shoot, they got a little cough. Now they're taking this or their fever. So now they're bringing the fever down. They got a little diarrhea. It's tummy. Aches, yeah. Now it's peptabismal. It's just always something. Basically, they're just trying to like flatline the symptoms, but oof, that could be really like stuffing things in your body that a are lot trying of those to get people out. People are sick all the time because their body doesn't get to go through the process of figuring out what it is and creating antibodies or remembering. Oh, yeah, we've seen this before. We mm-hmm. know how to take care of this. Uh, you're you're just shutting down your body's immune system, so it never learns anything. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's cleaning off everything right now with all these bleach and Clorox and stuff. You have to be, you have to have germs for your body to, to get stronger. Mm. And we just, like our podcast, we just recorded on Monday or Tuesday. It was, it's the germ theory versus the terrain theory. So you've got two medical guys back in the day, Louis Pasteur and Antoine, I don't even know how to say his last name, but it's back in the 1800s. And they're, they're battling about basically what causes people to get sick. Mm. And Louis Pasteur had Napoleon in his back pocket. So he won. And he basically said, germs make people sick. Bad germs make bad people sick. So let's sterilize everything. Mm-hmm. And now we got, especially nowadays, we have all these super bugs that nobody's immune to. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the terrain theory, which Antoine was all about is, if I create a terrain within my body that can kill any germ that comes at me, because you're never going to kill all the germs. Right. Like the flu is never going to go away. Coronavirus is never going to go away. It's yep. always going to be. Yep. So if I create a terrain that can handle that stuff, yeah, I might get a fever, which is a good thing. I might get a stuffy nose. I might get a cough, I might get whatever it is, but that's my body's doing the right thing at the right time in order to create long-term health. Yeah, yeah. And in our society, it's all instant gratification. I want to feel better now. Yes. Oh, I can't take three days off of work. Well, 
then you're going to get sick again later and again yep. and again and again. Might as well yep. knock it out in three days mm-hmm. instead of postponing it day after day after day after day and mm-hmm. just going through this cycle. Like, let your body do what it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. So that's like my whole, our whole premise. It's your body knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed since the beginning of time. Yeah. God didn't make a mistake. Yeah. God, like this coronavirus thing, God wasn't like, oh, shoot. I forgot about the coronavirus. Like, no. Yeah. You create a body, you give it what it needs, and it will fight off the coronavirus. It'll fight off cancer. Everybody has cancer. Every right. single human body, right? It's just our immune systems are, are beating it right now. Yes. And then you cause havoc by adding in poor food, lack of motion, lack of oxygen, sedentary lifestyle, medications, and the body's like... Oh, this is a breeding ground. Let's mm-hmm. grow every gnarly thing we can. Yeah. Oof. So like you look at it like we talk about this a lot, like a, a dump. Everybody's trash goes there. What what lives in dumps? Rats, gnarly bugs, and all the ma- I hate maggots. Maggots. I hate rats. <laughs> so the thing is like if I kill all the rats and the maggots in the dump, a week later. 10 days later, a year, a month, whatever, they're going to come back. But if I clean up the dump, what never comes back? Mm -hmm. I mean, a rat might show up looking for something, but it's not going to stay because there's nothing there for it to feed off of. Yeah, that's a great analogy. So like our whole goal is to create a healthy, beautiful, pristine, like I always envision like rolling hills and like, you know, the sky, you see the antelope and the deer doing their thing. Like, let me create that within my system so that if a rat does come, it has no reason to stay. Man, that's a really interesting way to think about it. Extremely helpful. That's put better than I might have ever heard before, honestly. So if you are, for the general American population then, what would be some of the beginner steps you would be helping people through? Um to develop that kind of terrain as opposed to maybe the cesspool that they're currently working with. If they're an average American, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, there's probably a lot going on there that's not good at all. It's probably a lot of that dump that's, yeah. that's in that body. So what are what are some of the the ones you look at first to clean up clean clean this up a little bit? The number one thing is teaching people what health actually is. Health has nothing to do with how you look or how you feel. The most dangerous way to determine your health is look in the mirror and say, man, I look good today. I feel good. I'm healthy. Because my dad, 42 years old, goes to work, about 10 a.m., has a heart attack. How did he feel that day? Absolutely perfect. Mm. How did he feel the day before, years before? Perfect. Was he, never over, had a was he overweight? No, my dad was bigger than I am. He, was, he, he never had a symptom? Never had a symptom. He worked out all of the time. We didn't eat great, but we didn't eat horrible growing up. He's a pastor at a church. My dad never drank. He never smoked. Oh, wow. Like he lived, he would get a physical every single year and they would tell him, hey, Gary, your blood work looks great. Keep doing what you're doing. So how can somebody who's American, healthy, or world, whatever, however you want to look at it, is told that he's healthy, how does a healthy person have a heart attack? It's impossible. So there has to be a, a, a lack of health, a lack of ease or dis-ease within the body somewhere. So my dad, growing up, rode motorcycles up the sides of mountains. 
fell, broke his collarbone, shifted his spine a little bit right at the base of his neck. And those are the nerves that go to your heart. Now, if I leave damage on the nerve that goes to your heart for 15, 20, 30 years, your heart is going to malfunction. Malfunction leads to improper flow, which leads to dis-ease, which dis-ease leads to early death. So we got my dad into a chiropractor who looked at his spine structurally and said, hey, this is where the damage is at. It's been there for 30, 40 years. Hmm. Let's fix that instead of just trying to pump meds down your throat. Is this after the heart attack? After the heart attack. Oh, okay. This is when I was in chiropractic school. I tried Hmm. to get my dad into a chiropractor for like five or six years. Really? And he wouldn't go. Really? And then I took him to Ryan Berlin's office and they were like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. I'm like, I've been telling you the same thing. And the thing is like... Jesus went home, nobody wanted to listen to him, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with us. Like we yep. tell our family and they don't want to listen. Yeah. But somebody else says it and they're like, this is amazing. So yeah. like this is we have to tell our patients this all the time. Like, don't stop trying to get your family healthy. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the only one doing the right thing right now, don't stop. Cause it's you're setting up that you're planting the seed for somebody else to be able to harvest. Mm-hmm. So like never stop saying, Hey, like, why don't you come, come to my chiropractor just for a minute? Mm-hmm. Cause that's where we always start is teaching them what health is. Mm-hmm. Second, what controls everything? The nervous system. You can eat all the kale in the world. And if your digestive system can't break it down, assimilate it and turn it into what it needs to turn it into, because there's a misfire from the brain to the digestive system, you're literally throwing the kale in the toilet mm. day after day. Mm-hmm. But if we get your nervous system functioning to the best of its ability, some people have degeneration or ligament damage and those things hinder the process, but we get it as close to as normal as we possibly can. Your body starts functioning better after that first adjustment. Hmm. Take a little bit of pressure off the nervous system. Boom. Lights turn on. Mm -hmm. We always tell everybody powers on after they get adjusted Mm. because now the power from the brain is going through your nervous system out to every single cell, tissue, and organ, telling it exactly what to do and when to do it. It's cool. We got a friend. He's a chiropractor, and his son had a fever. And he was like, Dad, I need to get adjusted. I got a fever. And his dad was like, we don't adjust because you have symptoms. He goes, yeah, but I want to crank my fever up. (laughs) Like, talk (laughs) about, like, mind-blowing. Like, we didn't, like, nobody thought of it that way. But this kid was like, no, I I want my power on. Mm. So I crank this thing up so that I'm done faster mm-hmm. and I'm back outside playing, you know, doing my thing. So yeah. it's like, we just look at things way different than, you know, 90% of the medical system. Yeah. And even in our office, probably 90% of chiropractors, hmm. most of them are neck pain, back pain. Mm-hmm. Like that's what insurance pays for. Talk about insurance, biggest scam in the world. They don't pay to get you well. Mm. Wellness visits, they never pay for them. Well, that's a great point. Yeah. But if you're in pain, they'll get you out of pain, but they won't keep you out of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you got a heart disease? Yeah, we'll pay for it. You don't have any issues? Yeah, that's on you. Like, Hmm. why wait until there's a fire to put the fire out? Right. Yeah. You think that's because they just don't know how to regulate, like, things like wellness visits and... um, like other things like, like for like, well, an extreme example would be like a gym membership, yeah. you know, 
I mean, there'd be a lot of cases probably where it'd be cheaper for insurance companies to pay for the gym membership. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But how are they gonna how are they gonna regulate that? How are you gonna know they go to the gym? You know what I mean? All of these things. You think that's why they just stay away from some of that wellness stuff and some of that, um, like some of the, the the healthy stuff that would actually prohibit disease? No, it's. I think it's because of what we talked about before. There's no money. It's all in the healthy. drugs and everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The more we can push sense. drugs down people's throats, the mm-hmm. more money we can make on the back end. Mm-hmm. Why not keep people sick? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you have drug companies that might be influencing insurance companies. Oh, 100%. Oh, wow. Crap. Uh, and then now drug companies are the ones who are basically teaching in the, the medical schools. Like th- medical doctors don't learn nutrition. They don't learn about like exercise, they don't learn that. They learn right. you have this symptom. These are the drugs we try. Yes. Well, just to okay. So that is one thing I don't understand. And and I have three data points for this. Um, so no names, but have a friend <laughs> um, whose dad is a physician, mm-hmm. an MD, and he. <clears throat> And his wife had some health issues, yeah. and uh, you know the dad's advice was uh, it was very typical of traditional medicine, and this was not what how these people wanted to live their lives, and so they went the more holistic route. And the dad is a physician and MD, eating you know kind of whatever he wants to eat, like a very traditional type of American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids are grown and married, and they have kids of their own, but you know, they're having to kind of figure out, like they're not taking the dad's advice because they don't want to just take pills for everything. And it seems common. Like it's also common for other people, not just doctors, but nurses. It's, it seems common to me for people to be in the medical profession and not be into nutrition and health. Why is that? That's a very strange. It's it's me, almost it's, like they feel like there's a competition. Yeah. Like if you're on the, if you're on the, if you're on the uh, doctor side or the healthcare side, then, you know, don't be a nut job over here worried about what you're eating and exercise and all this holistic health. Like, don't like, be a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Just do your normal thing. Grab the Chick-fil-A, whatever. Grab the drive through And then there's, there's, there's medicine. And then over here, you're trying not to use the medicine. And it feels like there's a competition. I just don't understand where that competition comes from because the people that are in healthcare... I thought the goal was to have people be healthy. Why aren't I mean, we interested in healthy oath stuff? Is first, do no harm. And <clears throat> I really think that do- it's not, it's really, I don't believe it's the doctor's fault. They're just not taught. So, like, I mean, they're, you talk about vaccinations, like they are not taught about like what's in the vaccines or mm. how it uh, like affects the body. It's just, this is the schedule. Right. Yep. So when it comes to medications, it's like, it's not, how can we avoid this? Like there's this symptom, how do we manage it? And then if it's unmanageable, then how do we go to this medicine? It's medicine first. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then there's no plan to get the person off the drug. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the number one question. When somebody's on a medication, they come in my office. So what's the plan to get you off this? What do you mean? Like, how long are you supposed to be on this blood pressure medication? For the rest of my life. That's crazy. What happens if I take you off that blood pressure medication? My blood pressure goes back up. Why? I don't know. 
wouldn't that be something to figure out? Mm-hmm. And you can just see the light bulb go on like, I've never thought I could get off of this. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's just the way we've been kind of trained in society is, no, you have to, like, whatever the doctor says is law. Yeah. And you've got to follow it to a T. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, certainly whoever's selling that blood pressure medicine, they do not have a vested interest in then coming off. That's just obvious. No, Even if yeah. I own that company, I'm just going to admit it, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, um, so the, the person making and selling that drug doesn't have a vested interest in them coming off it. The doctor, I mean, if you stop and think about it, I'm not sure who really does. The pharmacist patient. doesn't. The patient does, but they don't know. They don't. So the pharmacist doesn't have a vested interest. They want to keep selling it. The mm-hmm. drug company wants to keep making it. The actual doctor you go to, you know, that one, that that should be maybe the weakest link, as in like he's he, he or she's the one looking out for your health and would try to get you off it if possible. Yeah, but you have the However, drug company coming in. Well, saying, that's what I'm saying. You like, push this, I'm going to send you to Fiji for yes. a week. And that's not... That happens, just so people know that. Like that, that generally, that does happen. There's a website so, you can look up, and it'll tell you like how much money the doctors receive from, a pharm- from pharmaceutical companies. I don't remember the name of the website. My wife does. Uh, I'll, I'll get you that information. Well, that's how you get behavior that you want. I mean, that's what, how the, um, in the 60s, 62, when the drug war started, the reason that um, it became so rampant was because the federal government was paying the local governments a certain amount for every drug arrest. Yeah. And so now you wound up having local cops who are more interested in making an arrest on, I don't know. I mean, well, even back then cannabis, yeah. um, which is hard to believe, uh, or, or maybe a better example would be they're, they're more interested in say arresting someone who's using some powder cocaine than someone who is beating their wife yeah. half to death, you know, because they get paid yeah, for right. the guy who's on cocaine. It's crazy. So that type of thing is present in the medical industry too. So, I mean, it's like, so we went to a a business and did like a health fair for them. And the lady in charge was asking everybody, um, have you got your flu shot yet? Have you got your flu shot yet? And we were like, why is she, like, why is she working? So she works for the company that we're at, not the healthcare company. Mm. We're like, why is she so invested and then we overheard her talking to the person who is uh, doing the vaccine. And they, just, they were discussing how much she got that person who worked for that business per vaccine for the company. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, what? Like, how is this fair for the human being who has no idea thinking like this flu shot's good for my health, but in reality, you're just trying to make money. Like, Oh, that's so awful. For me, like when a lot of money is involved, a lot of corrupt things happen. For sure. So for it's, sure. it's, it's going to be very hard to pull down the system, but the cool thing is there's a lot of doctors out there who are shifting gears. Really? And I love it. Like looking for something different, even like referring to us instead of saying, hey, let's just give this person some pain meds. Like... Mm. No, how about you try this first? Like, what's what's the harm in mm-hmm. trying to do something before we go to the drug route? You see that becoming more popular? I do. More common? It's it's slow coming, but okay. I really feel like that ball is getting around. And I think really? a lot of patients are sick and tired of it too. Yeah, yeah. And we're seeing we're seeing a lot more of that. Like, yeah. why are you here? I want to get off of this drug. 
Mm, yeah. Oh, how long have you been on it? Eight years. Okay. Yeah. Let's figure out how we do I that. wonder if the internet and social media and communication today in general has helped. This is something I thought of before. I think it has to have helped because we think about... Uh, and what I mean, it help as in spreading information yeah. and people grassroots. actually learning some of the grassroots stuff. Because if you think about, but pre, heck, it was not that long ago. Call it pre two thousand five. Say the iPhone came out in 07, right? So pre two thousand, you know, in the nineties and eighties, how would this information get out? Well, you're having to pay for an advertisement in the newspaper yeah. to put your message out there. No one's doing that. Mm-hmm. But now you can have, you know, Facebook, Instagram. You can put this messages out, and I feel like people who kind of have a somewhat of an interest in learning now, it's pretty easy to learn. You can. Whereas 20 years ago, it was not this easy Very to learn difficult. these things. Except nowadays, like, I mean, now there's censor- censorship on oh, yeah. the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly around mm. vaccines and even some of the COVID stuff I've yeah. been hearing too. Oh, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on medical use of cannabis? So I think there's a lot to it. Um I I know people who have used it. Uh, I know, like, so we did a podcast on CBD, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of research behind CBD Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the thing is, like, when you use CBD, there has to be THC in it, Mm. or else it's kind of like eating a carrot but pulling out the beta carrots. Like, you have to have all of it for your body to... Okay. So I, 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 I did not know that. Um, I was aware that THC and CBD act much better together. Yeah. Um, now are you saying though, CBD without any THC is basically worthless or even if it's a small amount of THC, it has to, that's why like, it's like, I think it's 0.03%. Is kind of like the legal limit in most states. Oh, okay. So there has okay. to be some in there yeah. in order for you to get the benefit of it. I see. Now, if you increase that a little bit, mm-hmm. you're going to get better benefits because mm-hmm. it's going to be more of a one-to-one ratio. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think, I mean, there's a lot, there's, there's research out there showing mm-hmm. how cannabis is helping a lot of people, mm-hmm. specifically cancer patients. Yes. So I'm like... I'm all for it. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's a plant. So I tend to be, I mean, the yeah, I tend to be for it too because it's natural. Um, with cancer, is it helping with alleviating pain or is it actually fighting the cancer? I think both. Really? So the thing is, in your body, you have these cannabinoid receptors. Mm-hmm. Have you read about that? Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. So yep. yeah. So you back in the day, a lot of our stuff was made out of hemp. Mm-hmm. So we were getting cannabinoids mm-hmm. in everything our clothing paper it was in our food the first uh fenders a model t freaking made out of hemp <laughs> it's like a magic plant bro. It, is. it was made out of hemp. there's a video on the internet of someone hitting a model t fender with a hammer um and uh and showing that it's like it's not it doesn't I mean, it's made out of hemp that was the whole point of the video it's crazy so like once the drug war started, they started pulling all it's out of everything now. And now our bodies are starving for these cannabinoids. Hmm. So for most people, only one way to get it really is go smoke it. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays though, the cool thing is like, they're starting to come out with these CBDs that are really potent. They're full spectrum. They've got every piece of the puzzle that you need in order for it to be beneficial to the body. So, so when you say that that thing about CBD needs THC for it to be, 
for it to be worth anything essentially, or for there to be some medical benefits there. Uh, in Tennessee, CBD is legal. I'm seeing the stores pop up anywhere. Yeah. I have to assume it's totally legal. I, yeah, it is. Um, have a CBD joint over there. We smoked one the other day. I can't. I can't feel anything, quite honestly. But um, so it's legal. So you're saying you're you're not saying all these CBD stores stores that are popping up are worthless. You're just saying there's actually a little bit of THC in there. It's yeah. been beneath the legal limit. The yes. legal limit is next to nothing, 0.03% yeah. or whatever it is. Sure um, very, very low. So there is your, so w- would you say there is some value in some of these CBD stores that are uh, open, say like in Tennessee where regular cannabis with THC is not legal, but so, the CBD store uh, is? I think there is, but I've gone into a couple shops and just like anything that we put in or on our body, we, I don't care what the label looks like. I don't care what the front says. It could be, it could say all organic, natural, whatever. I turn it around. I look what's in it. And mm-hmm. if you look at the ingredients in a lot of these CBD shops, there's a bunch of garbage in there. It's just fillers. Really? So like you're, uh, it's the same thing. A lot of supplements are the same way, mm-hmm. right? So you, what you pay for is what you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, we carry CBD in our office, it's oil? not oil or okay. Oil. It's not like super expensive, but mm-hmm. it's probably cost more than, you know, the guy down the street, but mm-hmm. I know it's what's in it. There's CBD and then there's coconut oil. Basically that's it. Mm. So it's like, it's, there's probably some good shops out there. Yeah. I haven't seen them. Interesting. If cannabis was legal in Tennessee, would you sell it at your store too? You think that would be a better medical benefit than the CBD, the stuff? I don't know. I just think there's a fine line. Mm. Um, because I, like I smoked weed when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just know like, like for me, weed was definitely a gateway drug. Oh, really? So f- like morally and ethically, it would be hard for me to do that. Mm. Um, because I know there's no addictive uh, parts of CBD itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But like, I think there's a fine line when it comes to that. And mm-hmm. I would rather let somebody who's specifically like, that's their thing. Sure. Let them do that. Cause okay. they know a lot better. Yeah. So you, you would consider uh, cannabis or marijuana, a gateway drug. I know it was for me. Okay. Uh, I mean, it took me down a path of, Self-destruction. Did it take you down the path or were you going down the path anyway and cannabis just happened to be the first stop? Uh, it might have been the first stop, but... Okay. I guess that's the that's the th- that's where it's hard to... Because, I mean, I've heard both... Ar- you know, I've heard arguments both ways. Uh, and I'm certainly not the expert, so... <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, like, um, like, you could also say that, the, you know, the gateway drug into cannabis is alcohol. Yeah. And the gateway drug and alcohol is coffee. So it's like, well, we should all stop drinking coffee. Um, you know, but, but if there's actually a, a correlation or a prompting of the next thing, then, then that, then, you know, people should really be careful then. Um, you were in the military. It seems to me that, um, cannabis is, uh, very popular with people that have been in the, in the military, maybe because it helps with PTSD, yeah. maybe because it helps with pain relief, maybe because it, it can help with depression. Um, do you think those are the reasons it's popular in militaries or something else? 
I think that's a big part of it. Um, but also there's that point of self-medicating. Mm. Like it's not getting to the root cause of the problem. Mm. And that's for me, even like, so we talk about nutrition in our office a lot mm-hmm. and people will be like, well, I have this problem. What should I eat? It's like, I'm not a, that's, that's like the allopathic method. You're treating some digestive issue with a food. That's not what we do. My whole mm-hmm. goal is to get your body functioning, let your body do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about like cannabis, you're, if you're using it to self-medicate, not great. But if you're using it to reintroduce cannabinoids back into your system, mm-hmm. I know there's a very fine line between the difference there, but like if we're using it to help get to the root cause and then figure out, okay, so how do we get your body, you know, creating some, cause it does, your body does create cannabinoids, but mm-hmm. how can, how can we get your body creating all of these things naturally mm-hmm. and then get you maybe off the weed? Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. But it's if it, I there's a very fine line of treating it treating something with cannabis mm-hmm. or using it to basically jumpstart your body back into healing. Yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, that's a great point. Um, are you comfortable sharing any more about the the cannabis as a gateway drug and what else you got into, or kind of what that season of life? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you went through a difficult season. Yeah, I did. Um, so. I mean, way back in the day, like, so my dad worked super hard mm. to provide for us, mm-hmm. which meant he wasn't home a whole lot. He was at work. Just, I mean, literally grinding for us uh, just to put food on the table and clothes on our back. We weren't well off in any way, shape, or form. You siblings? <clears throat> yeah, uh, brother and his sister. There were three of you? There were three and, of us. And where'd you grow up again? Michigan. Michigan, okay. So my dad worked for Ford, Ford Motor oh, yeah? Company. Yeah. Okay. So, in a factory or office yeah. job or in the factory? Okay. So literally grinding it out every yeah. single day. And um, so like going through that, not he wasn't really there. So my, I played basketball growing up, and mm. my basketball coach basically became like my second dad. Mm. And there was a point where he turned on me. I, I, I was already kind of headed down a path of self-destruction, like just, you know, started drinking, started smoking. I was good. I was very good. And I thought I was untouchable and I could do whatever I wanted. And finally, one day he just turned to me at the end of the bench. He's like, you're just a effing punk. And I, it broke me. Mm. Dude, it like tore me to shreds. So I just started like doing anything and everything to prove him right. Mm. <clears throat> so I was smoking weed all the time, drinking all like I'd go to high school. We had a slushy machine. And I'd fill it with vodka and slushy and drink all day during school. Like it just was just buzzed all the time. Not good. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then you fast forward, I, I'm like, my life's a mess. Basketball's not going to take me anywhere anymore. Cause I got kicked off the team. What am I going to do? So I joined the military. Like they'll, they should straighten me out. So I joined the Marine Corps and, they did. They straightened me out they, for a while. And How old were you at this time? 19 when I joined. Okay. So I went in 2001. Okay. Um, you go to boot camp and then you go to your MOS, your job training. <clears throat> so the day I graduated from my MOS school was 
Whoa. So we were getting our diplomas and the planes hit. And What's know, MOS school? Uh, military occupational specialty. Okay. So I was a generator mechanic. That was my job in the military. Oh, okay. So we're all like, well, game on now. Like wherever this came from, you know, it's going to go down. Uh, I didn't get deployed until 04. It was my first deployment. Mm. Um, drank heavily there. <laughs> and, then, and drugs or just drinking? No, just drank there. Um, and then was in Africa. We drank a lot there too. Uh, and then I got hurt. Mm. We were two days before we were supposed to come home. I was playing basketball. Went up for a jump shot, came down, and my back was like, I just fell to the ground. Like, I couldn't move my legs. I was like, Ooh. oh, shoot. Like, I just did something. <clears throat> so a bunch of my buddies, they helped carry me to the sideline, and then they helped carry me to the tent. And No pre-existing? Um, I like had I, back did you have pain a... every now and then. Okay. When but I you was didn't younger. have an injury? That no. You... Wow, that's really weird. Um, like, just never, never had really any pain during my military career. Um, so went back to my tent, and it was two days before we were going home, so everybody's getting rid of all their stuff. And, you know, when you're over there, everybody gets hurt, usually at some point in time, so everybody's got meds. So I'm, like, collecting handfuls of drugs. And just half handful one day and half handful the next day got on the plane, came home and then went to the doctor and it was like, well, try this ibuprofen. That didn't work. Muscle relaxers. That didn't work. Here's Vicodin. I'm like, and then I started like Vicodin. Is someone at this point telling you, you should go get adjusted? No. Hold on a second. You had an injury. You had a back injury at a basketball game. Back injury. And people are giving you drugs. So or I'm, like painkillers and stuff. Yeah. Like, but 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 surely someone was like, and by the way, you should go get that adjusted, right? I mean, no, this is isn't that common is knowledge? Military. No, there was like, no, <laughs> it's hmm. it was just here, just take this, and then finally, so I started heavily drinking. Like I would wake up in the morning, take a couple of Vicodin, and take a shot of vodka, and that's how I would go to work. And then I'd take more while I'm there and take more while I'm home. Like, it's just, it got really bad. And mm-hmm. it was like, something has to change. So mm-hmm. I went back and I, I told him, I said, look, this is what I'm doing. We got to do something different or else I'm going to be dead. Mm-hmm. You told the medical, like the medical staff. people in, in the military? Yeah. Okay. So they're like, well, MRIs, negative, x-rays, negative. Like, we have no idea what's going on. So... Let's do an exploratory surgery. And that's when I was like, pump your brakes. First of all, it's not that bad. Like, I, I, I'll get over this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, immediately, like, sober up, like, no, 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 no. we're good. Mm-hmm. And then, it, like, my dad took me to a Cairo when I was a kid, when mm-hmm. I played basketball, because I had a couple injuries back then. And he, dude was crazy. He was like, this 70-year-old white dude was like, the most energy I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, just great. Like, he, he was great with kids. He was great with families and stuff. And that was my first, like, you know, introduction to chiropractic. So mm. I always thought it was cool. So my dad took me to a chiropractor when I was a kid. I was like, well, let me 
is there any way I can try this chiropractic thing out? I'm like, why not? Let me just see. And at that point in time, the only base in the U.S. that had a chiropractor on it was the base I was at. Where were you? Oceana. Well, I was in Virginia Beach, and Oceana was like the naval base there. And you're at this point, you're in your low 20s? How old was I? Yeah. You'd been in the military. At this point, are you done with the military? So I'm like almost, it's either resign, stay in, or get out. And I'm like, mm. for me, I'm like, well, I'm, I got this injury. I'm going to let the, mi- I mean, it happened on, in the military's time. They're going to pay for it. And then they're like, well, let's cut you open. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, I see. So I went to this guy. It was this, uh, I explained, I'm not trying to be like racist or anything. So mm-hmm. this tall, skinny Asian dude, he's got these glasses on, like mm-hmm. real nerdy guy. So I take him the x-rays that they took at the hospital. And he looks at him on his light box and he's like, lay down on the table. I go, well, like, what's in my head? I'm like, well, what, what's the issue? He kind of looks at me like, I got this. So I lay down, he adjusts me and it was painful. Get back in my car. He's like, I'll see you in, a co- in two days. I was like, oh, whatever. I get in my car and I'm like, I couldn't sit. Like I had to drive. I'm like, I'm not going back to this dude. Like he just made it worse, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, on the way home, I'm like popping pills again. And I'm like, if I don't go back to this guy, I go back to the hospital, they cut me open. Mm-hmm. I got to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. So I go back, same thing, takes my x-ray, puts it on the white box, go ahead and lay down on the table. Second, do that adjustment, change my life. It was like night and day. I hopped up off that table. And I played flag football for our, our base. And I'm like, I called the dudes. And I got in the car. I'm like, I'm on my way. You went and played flag football after the second adjustment? That probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> well, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm but healed. But you felt better? At, I felt right, Like amazing. almost immediately? Immediately. Huh. So I was like, dude, there is something to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, my first introduction was great. This guy, even though he's weird and like creeped me out a little bit. He knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he used the exact same diagnostic material that the, uh, the hospital used and they found nothing. Mm. Hmm. And this guy looked at it for like 30 seconds, laid on a table. So I just started looking into this thing called chiropractic. Oh. And I was like, and for me, it was all, it was neck pain, back pain. That's how you thought of chiropractic thought care chiropractic, at that point. That's what it was. Well, what was wrong with you? What do you mean? Like at, what, what he adjusted, was there just something so, out, of, uh, out of place or what was... L- T12 and L1, which is like kind of where your mid-back and your low-back meet, I've got degeneration. Mm. And years of just constant pounding on the spine and in a bad... So you misalign a joint and then you pound on it, it's going to degenerate. Oof. Yeah. So all he did is realign the joint and allow the nervous system to be able to function and fire properly. And I'm like... So, that was the difference between you being in pain, on pills, alcohol, the whole thing, just to sort of contain this and make it through, yeah. and not. Was that a those? That was ad- it? Golly! But the that's a very. Is, that's a very. Oh man! I mean, that strikes me as a very unique story. But you might see this all the time. It I mean, happens all crazy. the time. Some people, it's not two adjustments. Sometimes it's like the sixth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the first. 
Mm-hmm. Like somebody will come in with a migraine headache, like pounding. Check their atlas, the very top bone of the spine below the skull. Check their thoracic spine, their, their pelvis. Like the body's one big organism. Everything's connected. So if you've got a problem in one spot, it's going to cause something else to adapt. Yeah. So we find the primary subluxation, adjust that, and then we work through the rest of the spine and try to figure mm-hmm. out, okay, so how do we adjust to get it back to where it should be? So for some people, yeah, it's one adjustment. They're like, the problem is those are the worst patients because then it goes away and we don't see them until it comes back. Oh, yeah, that's totally how I, that's how, totally how and I that's do how it. I, that's how I, that's exactly how I did it when I first, when I first, so two adjustments, out of pain, you know, I helped a guy uh, move a desk, it came back, mm. went and got adjusted, bent over to pick up a piece of paper, it's, it's like, it's like 9-11, I know exactly where I was and what I was doing when it came back as strong as it would come back, mm-hmm. so I bent over to pick up a piece of paper, came back, went and got adjusted. But the guy, the chiropractor, never taught me, hey, let's fix this thing mm-hmm. instead of just using a chiropractic adjustment like you would an ibuprofen. You're in pain? Take an adjustment. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Let's fix the positioning of the body. Maintain it in that position so that this thing never comes back. Mm. And that's what it's... Is that possible? That's what we do. Really? Day in and day out. Mm. So it's, and that's where I was talking earlier. There's a lot of chiropractors who just do neck pain and back pain. Yeah. First of all, that's what insurance will pay for. Yeah. What does it even? Eh. Does some, some, some no, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. It some does, insurances yes. will cover that, yes. but they only cover, for a lot of people, it's 12 visits a year. So somebody will go to the chiropractor once a month. If you go to the gym one time a month, yeah. you're going to get yoked? No. Yeah. You eat, you know organic once a month that you're going to get healthy that way? No. You, you can't do anything once a month and expect there to be a massive change. Right. So for us, it's like, no, let's get on this. Mm-hmm. Let's jump on it as fast and as hard as we can that your body will actually accept. Because mm-hmm. there's a point where your body will just reject, like not necessarily mm-hmm. reject, but it'll stop progressing. If it's gotten bad enough or... If we, if we start correcting somebody's... So if it's bad enough... Mm-hmm it's going to start degenerating it and getting really bad. Yeah. And then we start correcting it. We're going to hit a plateau at some point. Oh, okay. And then the thing is you just, the goal is maintain it there. Oh, okay. For a period of time. And then we basically go back into a set of like, all right, it's go time again. Let's start correcting it. So that means frequency goes up. Exercises Mm -hmm. get a lot more. Your regimen's like a lot tighter. Mm -hmm. And then we correct the spine a lot more. And then Mm -hmm. we maintain that. Mm -hmm. And for us, this is a, like chiropractic is a lifetime thing. I just mm-hmm. had a kid come in. He's a kid. I call him a kid. He's probably 20 years old. Um, first time in the chiropractor's office, he was like, I heard if you go to a chiropractor, you have to go for the rest of your life. <laughs> I said, hey, look, you don't have to. Yep. But how long do you want to maintain a proper position of your spine, having no interference on your nervous system, allowing your body to heal? For me... That's my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it for forever. Mm-hmm. Do you have to? No. Do I suggest it? Highly. Mm. So that's where we go through these cycles of correction. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, man. Like, like a girl that works in her office, she's been in her office for three years. I think three years. She's got a pretty gnarly spine. Uh, she was a twin. 
So she was kind of like tucked in the womb with somebody else. So she's cramped in there. The body's growing. Uh, so her neck, instead of that nice C-shaped curve, she's got an S. Oh, wow. So over the three, it's taken three years of going through this cycle mm-hmm. of correction, maintenance, correction, maintenance. And it's now she almost, almost has a C. Mm. But you think she didn't start in our office till she was 22 years old, something mm-hmm. like 23. There's 23 years worth of damage. Right. Somebody comes into our office, they, you know, they were born C-section or the doctor, you know, assisted the birth and pulled on the skull and torqued the neck. And you've got all these years of damage and people are like, how long is this going to take? Like a couple of weeks? Like, right. No, this takes time yes. and dedication, just like anything that mm-hmm. is worth having. And again, this is an investment. Mm-hmm. It's not just a monetary investment. It's a time investment. But on the other side of this, mm-hmm. you get to play freaking flag football. Right. You know what I mean? Like yes. that was for me. So I was like. Yeah. So you go correction, maintenance, correction, maintenance, because you can't just correct the whole thing. Because even if it would, even if you could turn her S into a C in one visit, I mean, first of all, you probably can't. But second of all, even if that happened, it would just snap back. So you have to, you have to get a little better, maintain, get a little better, maintain. Is that kind of the philosophy? So that's, yeah. So in our office, we do a process of like, so before you get adjusted, you warm up. It's like going to the gym. Like we're, we're physically doing things to your body. I don't want you coming out of your car, sitting, laying down on the table, all stiff, and then me trying to adjust a bone. Huh? No, 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 no. What kind of warm ups? You walk in. We have a like a hanging traction unit on the wall, so that what that does, it opens up the disc spaces. It pumps. It's called uh, imbibition. Okay. So your discs pump up and down, and that pushes toxins out of your discs, Mm. and it sucks in good, healthy CSF. And then from there, you go to a cushion. It's just a like a blow up cushion sits on a chair and you wobble and we do three directions. We go side to side, front to back, and then we do rotation. And those are the normal position or movements of the spine. Mm-hmm. So we're literally just taking your body through full range of motion, lubricating all the joints, but also like letting muscles relax. Hmm. You do this for every patient before every you adjust them every time. Though, yeah. Oh wow. I've not experienced that anywhere so yet. So then you get adjusted and then immediately after your adjustment, we put weights on your spine. So like a head weight, which will sit on the front or the side of your, it just depends on what your spine looks like. So we'll put weights on your spine so that your body, it's kind of like going to the gym for your spine. Mm. So your body learns, this is where my muscles should be strong. Mm-hmm. And like every time you take a step with those weights on or what, every time that we have vibration platforms. So every time that thing vibrates, it's like doing a bicep curl for your spine and your spine's learning. Hmm. So it's all, it's warming it up, physically moving it, and then re-educating the muscles around it to mm-hmm. say, no, this is where we're supposed to stay. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do that process, if you walk in, you get adjusted, you walk out the door, 24 to 36 hours, your spine is exactly where it was when you first walked in the door. Really? So I'm just stealing people's money if I just adjust you and let you go Interesting. on your way. Yeah. I'd rather not, 
I don't want to say I'd rather not see you, but I'd rather not see you. Sure. And the reason is because spine gets out of whack. You come and get it adjusted. But in the meantime, the muscles have developed certain, they've been pulling on it, right? Because they're trying to adapt for this thing not being where it's supposed to be. So you snap it back in place, but the muscles don't know that you just did that. They're going to keep doing their job. They're going to keep pulling on it as they have been. Next thing you know, it pulls it right back out of place. Is that basically what happens? Okay. So we have to re-educate those muscles. So we have to lengthen some and we have to shorten other ones, Mm -hmm. right? So there's, and then from that, you go home, you've got exercises Mm. that are going to specifically help your spine Mm -hmm. remember. So that way, the next time you walk in the door, we're not starting over at square one. Mm -hmm. We're starting, we'll say 2% better. Yep. And it's just those small incremental changes. Yep over and over and over that we can physically take a reverse curve in a kid's neck and put a curve in there. Yeah. And then he gets off of ADA medications. He gets off of his asthma medications, his allergy meds, and he gets A's in school now instead of D's and F's. Like, Does this happen? Yeah. Really? Specific kid. He's nine years old when he walked in the door. Had a reverse curve in his neck, put a curve back in his neck, and his mom was like, I have a new kid. Holy cow. Because the curve was inhibiting his brain talking to his body. That's like it. the whole thing wasn't functioning it's properly. That simple. I think we overcomplicate health in our, first of all, we'll never understand the entire body. Right. I don't think we're meant to, but it's super simple. You give the body what it needs, nutrition, oxygen, nerve supply. You remove what it doesn't need, toxins, and the body does what it's supposed to do. Hmm. Interesting. What, um, I'm sure you probably heard at least at some point, someone, uh, like not believing in chiropractic care or thinking oh, it's yeah. a hoax or whatever. I mean, is that still a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how prevalent I mean, that is. I still get called quacks. Do you really? Every now and then. Yeah. Really? Now, now. It's can, usually older people. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I guess, um, without going into too much of that, but the part that I guess I don't, understand is skeletal structure. I mean, you, you look at a car, we take a car and something, if your axle, the way it connects to the, you know, to the rear gearbox yeah. gets a little out of whack, that car is not going to drive right. It's basic. Everyone believe, everyone understand agrees with that. me at this yep. point. I don't fully understand why the same isn't true for a skeletal structure. Like, I guess I just don't understand if you're, the question really is, do you believe a back can get out of place or not, your spine, or any of your skeletal structure? Can it get out of place? So I think everyone would probably have to agree that, that yeah, that, that does happen. Two, do you think it's better if you put it back into place? Like, I, and I guess that's as simple as that for it's, me. Like, it really is. Like, a bo- you have a better chance. I'm not going to say you're never going to get some type of sickness, but your body has a better fighting chance with your nervous system uninhibited. It has to. I mean, just logically. So what are those people that think the chiropractor care is a quack? Like, what are they? So the, the, what are they? the way we all, like, if somebody says that, the question I always ask is, okay, so what controls everything in your body? And then everyone's like, your brain, duh. Like, you're the doctor, okay? So if your brain controls everything in your body, how does your brain communicate to your body? And they're like, well, it's through your, your nerves. Mm. I'm like, yeah. So it's your brain stem. It goes your brain, your brain stem spinal cord, mm-hmm. nerve roots, and then nerves, and then organ. Mm. And then it, the next question is, so what surrounds and protects your nervous system? 
about my spine. Mm-hmm. So if your spine, do you, do you, is there a normal and an abnormal position to the spine? Some people are like, I don't know. And then it's like, okay, so if, let's say your spine should be straight from the front. Do you think that's fair to say? And they're always like, well, yeah. But a lot of people think it should be straight from the side too, but it definitely, mm. we have to have curves. So yeah. I, always, I always go to the front. <laughs> and then I'm always like, so have you heard of scoliosis? And it, I mean, all the world has heard of scoliosis. And I'm like, okay, so if there's a big S in somebody's spine, do you think that person, is that good or bad for that body? It, well, it's bad. Okay, so let's say it's a 100-degree curve out of normal. It's bad. What about 50 degrees? Is that bad? Yeah. What about 10? Well, yeah. What about one? Well, yeah. So if my body's working at 99%, we'll say, am I building health or am I building disease? Mm. I'm building 1% disease. Mm-hmm. One never stays at one. Mm. It only multiplies. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Then it clicks. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Yep. Do you get adjusted routinely yourself personally? Absolutely. Does uh, your so wife I just do that got, or who? My wife does. Really? So I just got done getting adjusted three times a week. Oh, yeah. Um, normally we get adjusted one time a week, no matter what. Okay. Um, and then, so for the last almost month, three month, three weeks, I got adjusted three times a week. Okay. Just to go through one of those corrective phases. Oh, uh, okay. And then I'll, I'm back on it once a week and I'm just going to maintain that for a while. Okay. And then once I start training though, again, mm-hmm. like hard, uh, I get adjusted at least twice a week and mm. usually three times a week during that time. Yeah, that's what stood out to me with that uh, Iron Cowboy. That guy had a chiropractor riding with him on his entire trip. I don't know if you picked up on that. I mean, he mentioned if you that. think about like your car analogy, yeah, if your tires are misaligned, mm-hmm. you're going to wear those tires out. Yes. I mean, if his hips are misaligned, 50... Oh, that's a great point. 50 marathons on Every a misaligned day. pelvis. Oh, that's... A, oh, gosh darn. So... Holy cow. That's very critical <laughs> that that stays in place. Yeah. I didn't think of I mean, it like that. I mean, that's why every sports team, they all have chiropractors. Do they know? Every. Really? Yeah. So this, 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 this thought that, you know, is there really something to chiropractic care? Then it, it has to be dissipating quickly then, right? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I think the general public is more open to it now mm-hmm. uh, because they're looking for something different than just a drug, I mm-hmm. believe. Medical community, I think it's it's changing, but mm-hmm. I still think there's a very and it's it's kind of like it's either us or them kind of a thing. Mm, but I'd right, rather work really. with a medical doctor and say, hey, so this guy's on high blood pressure meds. Yeah, let's work together to get him off. Yeah, and if the doctor's like, no, why not? Right. Yes. What did uh, what did people do hundreds of years ago? Or even, uh, even thousands of years ago, if we know, like, was there always people who knew how to adjust the spine? So, or? like, if you go back to, like, hieroglyphics, you'll see people, I mean, you, Hippocrates said it, look to the spine for the cause of all disease. Hmm. Dang. And he also said food is our medicine. So, it's like, yeah. like, so the dude was way ahead of his time. 
And so they probably weren't just saying it, not doing anything about it, right? Like, wouldn't it stand to no, reason if like Hippocrates you, said it, someone was doing something with someone's spine, right? Like, a, I mean, a long time ago, it was really medieval, obviously. Like, they would hang people from, like, trellises and, like, like you know, Batman, where they the dude hangs him and then, cr- like, punches his spine back into place. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how they did it back wow. then. Wow. Um, and then you'll see like tools, like people using like almost like a hammer and chisel to okay. like reposition the spine. So like, obviously things have changed. And yeah. Like, just like, I mean, medicine used to, bloodletting was the thing back then. Mm. And that's, it's evolved. The same thing, chiropractic mm-hmm. has evolved. Yeah. And I mean, what we can do now with this spine takes months, which used to take years. Oh, I see. Just with the advancement. Better techniques, technology. better tools, these types yeah. of things. Hmm. Interesting. Um, when you have a patient that comes in and is, you know, backs out of, ba- out of whack just a little bit, but there's nothing major going on, um, a couple adjustments. Then at some point when it stabilizes, you seen them, you, would you want to see them once a week? Like, is it rare to see someone three times a week? You're really trying to get someone with them. Like for the average person, so, yeah, you recommend no, once a week oh, and yeah. that, that's good? Uh, or? So the so the bare minimum, I think, for most people is every other week because oh, okay. most okay. people are doing, once we get them to a spot where they're, they're maintaining, right? Mm-hmm. But most people are sitting at a computer mm-hmm. or sitting in their car. Like most people are doing what put their spine in that bad position in the first place every right. day. Yep. So just to stop or even go like once a month, mm-hmm. We're not going to gain any ground. We're going to okay. lose it. We may lose it slower than we would, you know, yep. but we're still going to lose ground. Yep. One time a week, you can still get small incremental correction. Okay. Because you're still combating what they're doing on a yep. daily basis, uh, especially if somebody's doing like their home exercises. On, like some people do them religiously. They're like, and they get easier and easier. They get less and less, you know, mm-hmm. as you go through care. But some people are like on it. Mm-hmm. Those people, they get better correction and we mm-hmm. can do, we can adjust them once or every other week and mm-hmm. they still get better. But then you've got other people who don't want to do anything. They just want to come in and get adjusted. Yeah. And then we would show their react. We always do re-x-rays. Every six okay. months you get one re-x-ray area of the spine we're most concerned about. Oh, uh, okay. So you, I mean, it's black and white or gray on a screen. Yep. You're either better or you're worse. Mm. And then people are like, well, why am I, why am I the same or why am I worse? Are you doing anything at home? No. Mm-hmm. Are you making all of your adjustments? No. Yeah. It's not that chiropractic didn't work. Sure. You didn't work chiropractic. Yep. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Just to put a loop on the, I don't, I don't want to keep you here all night, but um, can you, um, so I had you at military injury got fixed. I'm assuming that's what got you into chiropractic care before yeah. that point. Were you interested in chiropractic care? Did you always know after the military I was going to become a chiropractor? No, I was actually looking at PT. So I've had three oh, knee surgeries. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, tore my ACL playing flag football um, and my meniscus. And then I've re-torn my meniscus. Multi- uh, it's torn right now, but multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any, any different. Mm-hmm. So it was just, okay, let's do the surgery. Boom, 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 boom. All three of them failed. And... But at the time, I was good. So I was like, I like this PT thing. Like, all my PTs have always been cool. Like, I could probably hang out with them, you know, mm-hmm. outside of, you know, them taking care of me. So I was like, 
I'll look into this PT thing. And right when I was doing that, PT turned into a doctorate. Mm. And I was like, okay. And it was going to take me six years to become a PT. And then I did the math and I could become a chiropractor in five and a half. So I went to school a year round for five and a half years. I got my doctorate and my bachelor's at the same time. So I went to school from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for three years, basically, two and a half. Like, but I was like, I know what I want to do. I want to help people without drugs and surgery. I know these are probably the only two options that I could take. PT and chiropractic? Yeah. Okay. I can do this one in a half a year less. Okay. Done. It's not that much less. (laughs) We were thinking in terms of six years. (laughs) But it was like, I just, I just knew I wanted to get done and, and, and get helping people. So the the other problem is I didn't realize you don't learn how to run a business. Mm -hmm. So like if you were just to go out into practice, Mm -hmm. it's not, it can be done. Not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. So that's why we, we decided to join uh, Max Living. Oh, okay. And then they, they just kind of, they helped us, man. They were like, this is how you do this, 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 and mm. this. This is how you open an office. This is how you maintain an office. Oh, is it almost like a franchise of sorts? It is. Okay. But I see. not really because you, you own everything. Sure. Uh, okay. You're just, you're but they're helping you with the business side of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a thing like that. Oh, yeah. Dude, okay. It's amazing, man. Max like I Living. Can, I can call any, anybody in the network any time of the day and be like, hey, man, I got this issue. Like, what's mm. up? It could be mm-hmm. business. It could be personal it could be I see. financial it could be whatever yeah but you're just like hey man okay. this is what's going on when did uh cassie decide that she wanted to be a chiropractor as well so she decided uh way before me i, I always say it was me before her but it, she decided before i did um so she said she had a thyroid issue uh they diagnosed her with graves disease uh they wanted to give her radioactive iodine and burn on her thyroid. Her friend said, Hey, you need to come check out my brother's doctor's report. So it's basically where he describes what chiropractic is. She went and it changed her life. Mm. Once she understood that chiropractic isn't neck pain and back pain, but it's about allowing your brain to communicate to your body through the nervous system. The only way to do that is to get your spine in the proper position. She had a negative 10 degree curve in her neck put a curve back in her neck and her thyroid's functioning properly. And she's lost, I think she lost 40 pounds. Was this after your injury or before? This was kind of during that process. Oh yeah. About the same time. Interesting. So she fixed her thyroid through chiropractic care. So she didn't fix it. Her body just began to heal after getting it. You keep coming back to this, don't you? I mean, (laughs) you're right. Yeah. 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 Cause like people are always, like they'll get better and they'll be like, man, you did all, you did mm. whatever you did worked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just repositioned the spine. Your body does all the healing. You have the best doctor in the world within you. Yeah. Nobody externally can ever tell you how to fix your body, but mm-hmm. your body can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Who are you paying attention to in the health and nutrition space? The people you're getting inspiration from or people you're paying attention to or people you're following currently. So it's, it's kind of funny. Like I, the people that I look up to are dead. So like Dee Dee Palmer, founder of chiropractic, um, Reggie Gold. Like these are old school chiropractors who just got it, like, and took it to the world. Um, so like, 
we've, we've got, got I've got friends that are chiropractors that I really look up to. Mm. Uh, like James and Kaylee Judge, they're out in St. Charles, Illinois. Uh, Ryan Salisley, he's out in South South Dakota. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I like Ryan Berlin, mm-hmm. he's in Cincinnati. Greg Loman, he's out in Naples. Joel Bohemier is in Naples. Uh, really awesome mentor, Dr. Charlie's Majors. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but he was in Chicago, Illinois. Like these are the people that I look up to because they just teach the principle of chiropractic so eloquently. Mm. Like, and they just they just get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for us, it's. It's all about like, you got to practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen, I, there's a lot of out of shape, overweight, sick chiropractors out there. Oh, okay. Who yeah. are, you know, they're doing great stuff. Yep. But I'm like, I just can't get behind you. Sure. I can get behind the chiropractic side, but like, you got to practice what you preach. Yeah. Um, I forgot Mark Supernot. He's out in North Carolina. I, I love... He's all over. He's he's doing the Facebook thing right now, like mm. doing the lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. And every time that man speaks, it lights me on fire. Mm. So those are the those are the, because those mm. all those people that you mentioned are they are you are you kind of uh, following them because they're not just able to perform and teach and kind of perpetuate the value and benefits of chiropractic care, but also because they tend to be or maybe they all are into the um, uh, the result of that, which is a good, healthy state of the body, like like they're so so they're probably all into eating decently yeah. and all of these other things that go along with it. Oh, is, that, is, that, is that fair? Okay. I mean, that's a big part of it. And then the, I think the other aspect is, yeah, they want to save their towns. Like every single person that lives in their city has the best possible chance of being healthy because they are doing everything they can to reach those people. Mm -hmm. But for those guys and girls, it's not just about their city. It's a, it's a worldwide pandemic of sickness that we have Mm. that they're literally like grinding day in and day out to change that Mm -hmm. for not just for, you know, right now, but for generations to come. Well, I noticed that on your website. Uh, I think it was either in your bio or Cassie's bio or maybe both. By the way, we should have had Cassie come on too. We might have to do this I, again. I, have you both. I mean, thought I got about it. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's like one of the busiest people I've ever met. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe in the future. Um, anyhow, I noticed uh, on your website that y'all's mission is to change and improve the health of Nashville. Yeah. Which that's a big, that's a big goal. Like, it is. How, how, are you just... Are you going about that in terms of, right, well, if we change or improve one person's health, then another and a third, and that's how you change a city? That is how you change a city. I really think, like, it's family by family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our whole goal is to teach families how to get healthy and to stay healthy. Because, you know, what is it worth if mom is healthy, but dad and the kids aren't? Mm -hmm. Or a kid is healthy, but mom and dad are sick? Like, no, we want the entire family to be healthy, and then that family like pours into their circle of influence Mm -hmm. and then that just begins to spread. And that's how you change a city. Yeah. And then when you can change a city, you can change a state. 
And then once you can change a state, you can change a nation. And you change yep. a nation, you change the freaking world. Yeah. That's great, man. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Where, by the way, what part of town is your practice for people that are maybe from Nashville listening to this? Uh, so we're in Green Hills. Okay. Um, not too far from the Trader Joe's or the True Food, wherever you Oh, really? Want. Yeah. You got a decent place to park? We have a whole bunch of parking. Do you? Yeah. Okay. That's one of the things about Green Hills. It feels like every time I go over in that direction, I'm like, oh, geez, where am I going to park? The cool thing is like the side of town we live on, it's super easy to get there. Okay. Like Creve Hall. Yeah. You just, we take, we never get on the highway. Not, okay. We never really get on the highway to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we take back roads and it takes us right now with no traffic. That's the beauty right <laughs> now with the virus. seven minutes to get there. Really? Yeah. And you can get from your house to the, your, your to practice the office, seven minutes? Seven minutes. Oh, dang. And then with traffic, it's like 12. Um, Bradshaw is probably listening to this right now. What up, Bradshaw? <laughs> Uh, hey, Bradshaw, what's Old up? Hickory. Do you know him at all? Uh-uh. Now I'm trying to think of his first name. Doggone it. What's his first name? Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Stephen Bradshaw? It's embarrassing. Terry? It's not Terry. He's been on the podcast <laughs> before. Great guy. Uh, great practice in Old Hickory. It's up by the school. Um, he's one of the, like, he's doing it right, like you guys are, you know, for sure. But now that we moved from Mount Juliet, it's 25 minutes. Yeah. So... I wonder but if you forgive me if I'd switch. So we got. Are you taking new patients? Like, we're always. I mean, we are this week. Middle of all this craziness is probably the one of the busiest weeks we've ever had in our office. I mean, people are just like they're. I think they're just sick and tired of this, hmm. and they're like, "Well, I'm not. I don't want to get this Corona thing. Mm-hmm. So let me take care of myself." But oh, also, wow. let me look long term. Like most of these people are like, "Let me look long term." Because if you look back, this happens every basically election year. What happens? Some type of, I mean, you've got the bird flu, the swine flu, the, like all of these happen periodically. And it's usually about every four years-ish. Hmm. So what's the next one going to be? Yes. Well, no one knows, right? Exactly. So let me create the terrain so when this next one comes around, it's not going to affect me or my family. Yes. So a lot of people are coming in, like trying to be proactive about taking care of themselves. So it's been great, man. Hmm. Um, well, that's good. I mean, that, that's an indication right there that you're doing something right, man. When people are starting to pay attention to that. I actually think you, you worded it really well. That idea about the train, that's going to stick. That's, that's very helpful. Super helpful. And it's true. It's absolutely yeah. true. Cancer can't survive in a oxygen-rich, basic environment. Yes. We live in an oxygen-deprived, acidic environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Inflammation yeah. causes 90% of diseases. Mm-hmm. Inflammation comes from a bad terrain. Mm-hmm. There's things that are out of balance mm-hmm. that's causing the inflammation response. So let's get things back into balance. Yes. Get rid of the inflammation. Yep. Kevin. That's his name. Kevin. Kevin. Bradshaw. Kevin Bradshaw. Sorry about that, KB. Kevin. It's just Bradshaw everything. Like Bradshaw <laughs> Chiropractic. I forgot his first name. Uh, anyhow, um, anything you want to leave with the listeners and I'll let you get out of here? Uh, I, I would say the biggest thing is if you've never had your spine evaluated, go get it. And it doesn't have to be with us. Like... As long as somebody's teaching the true principles of chiropractic, that the body heals from above, down, inside out, 
that your nervous system controls every function in your body and that God designed you perfectly, doesn't make a mistake, and that your body will heal as long as you give it what it needs, go there. Mm. Like, I'm all about it. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's telling you to come back when it hurts, I love you as a chiropractor, but you got to find a different chiro. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Because we can't change a nation when people aren't treating their bodies as a temple of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he le- like he died on a cross so that we can live life to the fullest. That doesn't mean six dying and, and suffering the last 10 years of our life mm-hmm. or 30 or 30. Yeah. So if we're, if we're told to treat our bodies that way, let's start doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's our, that's like, that's my personal like mission statement Mm -hmm. is I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that the body that God gave me is able to do what he put me on the earth to do until I take my last stinking breath. Love it. Dr. Major. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It was great. Great fun. Yes.